Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's September 20th, 2023. Grab a Grand Slam and come with me. It is time to get in the weeds as always. I am at Joel Pearl. And of course, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing this with anybody else other than SP3. But instead, I have Jeremy Lambert. Hi, how you doing, Jeremy? I like what SP3. was that? I like SP. Oh, you see, I'm, I'm paying homage to Becky Lynch, who last night on NXT decided to uh, do her own version of a rhyme scheme promo to open T. So I did one that was of equal or lesser value. That's literally how I open every episode of FMC. So all of you are just copying me. Do you want to do this whole episode trying to rhyme? No, no, not starting this gimmick. Don't no. Take that smile off your face. (laughs) Not doing it. Not trying it. Stay away from it. Joel, I'm pretty sure I could do that. That would be a fact. I'm already regretting everything about what I've said today. (sighs) Joel, I have a big surprise for you. Is everyone ready to increase the views? Slant rhyme. Nice try. I come from the school of rhyme of Eminem who is not feminine. Nope. (laughs) Study the dictionary. (laughs) It's honestly quite scary. No (laughs) Susan. I do. I do have a a big surprise for everybody. uh, All the, all of the viewers though. Uh, It is a, a gift a gift that was given to me for my birthday uh, from the goat, uh, not Brian Danielson, another goat. I, uh, if you know, you know, I don't want to blow up the spot in case he doesn't want the credit. Uh, but this, this was a gift. I'm currently wearing it. It looks like a Brian Danielson tribute shirt. It is not Joel Pearl. This is a one of one t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. All right, you ready? Are you ready for this big reveal? Yeah, let's see right, it. Here we go. Look at this. Look at oh this show. Oh, God. Look at this shirt. Look at that. Look at that. Your very own In the Weeds t-shirt. Yeah. One of one. That's fantastic. I, I am in love with that design. Thank you. It's uh, not going to be the new logo, but it's certainly on top of my uh, my love list here. Uh, it was a, a gift from, from the goat. Uh, I got this yesterday, and I told him I would be wearing it 
today. So shout out to to that person again. If you know, I don't. He doesn't like getting credit. I try to give him credit all the time. I try to put him over all the time, and then he messages me. He's like, "Don't do that." Put him over. Put he him puts over. me over all the time, and I exactly. message him, and I say, "Don't do that." Put him over the the worst best tag team out there just put it i got a dm about this once about the exchange you two had and the way that i explained it so you you go ahead put him over come on well i i I am i'm putting him over i just won't i won't outright say his his uh his birthright name so so that's what we'll say there uh so yeah shout out to uh that person the goat in my opinion so i appreciate i appreciate him he uh sent me a jimmy king t-shirt last year so he's very good with the t-shirts very good yeah, that's true. T-shirt came on high, man. Uh, the I call you to wholesome discomfort. That is, yes, that yeah, is. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Ryan, watch the product. You would everybody who watches the product knows who I'm talking about. Yeah, if you don't watch the product. I can't help you. Listen, listen, listen. All you got to know is you went to the UK recently. Should go. we do? You see these uh, Taylor Swift puzzles? There's like 33 million of these puzzles that you can do i've never seen these. are these like wordles but like with oh they just came out they just came out because you know there's uh there's the new not i mean new newish old uh there's 1989 taylor's version coming soon and so there's like 33 million of these puzzles should you know the the uh the ufc5 watch along did huge numbers for us yeah on monday yeah joel yeah, people really tuned in for that. Yeah, should we do some Taylor Swift puzzles? Nope. On, in the first fifteen minutes of this nope. show, how about instead I tell you to go ahead and leave a thumbs up on the video and subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbooked. Uh, and if you're feeling so inclined and you're feeling so daring, send us a super chat. I'm not going to rhyme, but instead, any amount of question or statement right on the air. And of course, it supports us here at Fightful Overbooked because, as I say, we are self-funded. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. And at 11 a.m. Eastern, so in about just over, just under an hour, we're going to have the Raddy Daddy himself. Cole Radick's going to join us again. He's going to be at BLP's TurboGraphs 24 because he is, believe it or not, still the BLP heavyweight champion. And uh, we're going to talk to him about that. And we're going to talk to him about a little uh, a little tag team match he recently had on Ring of Honor because uh, certainly got a few eyeballs. That was a fun opportunity for him and, and friend of the show, uh, Matt Brannigan. So uh, let's talk to, to Raddy Daddy. At 11 a.m. Eastern. How's that sound, Jeremy? That sounds great. But I have a question for you, Joel. We love yeah. we love Cole. Cole was yelling at me yesterday for trying to book him on this show, by the way. As he should. Yeah. yeah. I was like, is 11 good? He's like, I got to get up early for you. Like, 11 early? What? I'm up at 6. Like, how is 11 early? Um, I... Joel, can you stay past 12 today? Yeah, 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 I should be fine. Okay. We don't really have anything to talk about. I'm going to tease this. We got we to gotta, we gotta book our Friday, I guess. Well, yeah, I guess so. I'm going to tease this, everybody. Heard. 12 Eastern. We'll, we'll call it In the Weeds, Digging Deeper. Can't call it After Dark. I think that's, I think that's taken. Also, it's very clearly noon. Yeah. Well, it's, it's light out. You can't really yeah, call yeah. it. It's light because then it sounds like we're not going to give you much content. Yeah. Well, it's it's lighthearted content, maybe. Yeah, but then you got to call it in the weeds, lighthearted, and that just nah. Okay. Well, you don't even know what I'm about to pitch here. Like, no, you're going to be. You're honestly going to be disappointed when you hear this pitch. 
in the weeds. That's common, by the way. That's a yeah. common, uh, common in feeling. The, in the weeds, digging deeper, Joel Pearl and I are going to do Taylor Swift puzzles at <laughs> noon Eastern. <No. laughs> Where's Val Capone? Where's Val? She should be doing this with you. Oh, we can send her. We can. I'll send her the link at noon. Get get her on here to do some Taylor Swift puzzles with me. Denise Salcedo's on vacation, so she, she, for Taylor Swift, she would leave. The island of Mykonos just to do Taylor Swift puzzles. I don't know where she, I, she's in Greece. I don't know where exactly she is. That'd be weird. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's something she would do, though. I'll send it. I'll send I'll send the link to Val like 11 15. Like, hey, in 10 minutes, we're doing Taylor Swift puzzles. So there's 33 million of these things, Joe. We got to solve them all. It's like the Pokemon. What do you get if you if you win? I don't know. We got to find out. 30, <laughs> 33 million. Can you believe that? I'm useless when it comes to that stuff. Somebody's already done like a million. I'm, I'm, I'm sure somebody's done close to all 33 million of these damn things. Love it. Cody Rhodes does the work. We do the puzzles. <laughs> do the puzzle. Yeah, Denise would be great at this. She's, she's on vacation, though. We're going to get uh, our pal Val. There's a rhyme uh, on the show to, uh, to go do some puzzles. All right. Fine. We'll we'll get Val and I'll I'll be around for this because I like Val so that's helpful. <laughs> anyway, where where do we want to start today? I mean, clearly we're going to be doing puzzles, but uh, where else can we start? Do we want to we want to talk a little bit of wrestling? I guess we should. It's kind of part of the. Eh. I know, right? Eh. What do you have for I dinner? have right. I, I have, have given an assignment to my wife to do all of these puzzles to see what it, what we win. It's a smart idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. You know what? Like calling content after dark is a very common thing. I'm just reading the the chat. Like after dark is such a common thing. We used to do a show on our Twitch during the pandemic, and we just called it Fightful After Dark. And Did it we? was just, yeah, because it was us and our friends. It would be like a Friday night uh, after SmackDown show where yeah. we would just talk about like non wrestling topics. We was it called After Dark? I don't feel yeah, like it was called we, that. We called it After Dark. Did we? Yeah, we call oh, it. Oh, that's lazy. <laughs> Welcome to the <laughs> pandemic. We went exactly on our A game all the time. It didn't. It didn't get good until around 2021. So, uh, anyway, yeah, the uh, the after dark stuff was when we would talk about like our worst jobs, the worst gifts we ever got. The what was there was another one that was my really Disney cool. breakup story. Did the other breakup is, story is famous in uh, in Fightful lore. Yes, the Lambert lore is what we did. We do alliteration here, by the way. Uh, yeah, so that's that's something that uh, that went over well back in the day on on Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming, which we are streaming on right now because clearly we have problems letting things go. <laughs> <laughs> we used to game so often. Well, I I tried to bring that back earlier this year and i was doing well i was doing like a at least one stream a week sometimes two streams a week and then we started this show and so i stopped i it, it's priorities right like the gaming was what it was i had fun with it but it, it didn't have as much value this show ain't got a lot of value uh but it didn't have as much value as i i felt this show would with with guests and interviews and all that stuff. So it's it's all priorities. I only got so much time in the day. I'm not Tony Khan. I cannot work 80 to 100 hours a week. All right. Maybe if I was 
I think Tony's actually about our age. Maybe if I, I didn't have a family and all of that, then I could be able to, to pull all of this off. And if I was making millions off of this, I could pull it all off. But, you know, I'm not saying I'm underpaid or anything, but if I, I, I'm not making Tony Khan money to do this. So it comes down to priorities. So I, I brought this up on, on the internet when I saw this, uh, this quote about the 80 hours, you know, this was, uh, I, I took the wrestle zone article that I put up and, you know, he said, Tony Khan working 80 hours a week was a good week. I'm way past that now. And I said flat out, I'm like, this is not something to be excited about or proud of. I said, it's unhealthy, it's unsafe and it's unsustainable. And I'm not, this is, and again, I don't want anyone to think like, oh, he's going after Tony Khan. No, I'm, I'm actually quite, uh, I hate using the word worried because it's not worried because I'm not directly, I don't, I don't know Tony personally. My interactions with him have been quite lovely. I think he's a nice guy. I think he cares about wrestling. We've talked about that on this show a hundred million times. I am fearful of running yourself into the ground and the burnout that comes with that. And I, I just put it out there, you know, I, I just, I want, I want people to, to be healthy, especially people who are, you know, trying to do their best work. And, and I just kind of said, I don't like this grind culture, this like romanticizing wow. of the hundred hour week. I don't like I, Jeremy, I, I know you work hard. I think I work hard and I do it in a way that I don't want to get burnt out. Burnout is, is inevitable. Unfortunately, we all get burnt out because we all have our limits. We all have our feelings. And I understand that everyone has different limits and they all hit it at different times. However, the level of burnout and the amount of stress that it causes your body can be detrimental. You know, I, I think about Mr. Beast of all people and in interviews that he's done where he's like, I have a mental breakdown once a week because I'm trying to, because I burn out and because I try to put out the best content imaginable. And that's great. But like that comes at a cost to your mental and physical well being. And I just, I don't want someone who works hard to be affected by this in the long term. So when I see this, like I have an 80 hour week and I'm proud of that, or I do more now, it's like, that's not good. Like there's an opportunity here to understand your limits, to, to work with other people collaboratively and also to just give up some delegate, some, some, you know, delegate some of the workload. And that's something that Tony has a good, um, a good opportunity to do. Shout out to Tony Khan grinding legally. Stop it. <laughs> All right. Here's, here's the thing. Look, should people work 80, a hundred hours to a week? No, they, they shouldn't. It's that's, that's a lot of work. I, I feel I work too much a lot of times. And then you factor in everything else that, that goes into it, like, like a family and things like it, it does become a lot. I'm not saying Tony's not working hard during these 80 to 100 hours because knowing what I know about Tony, I don't think he really slows down or anything like that. But you've also just got to think of like what he considers these hours as well because there there are people that uh they 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 have jobs and a, a 9 to 5, right? You clock in 9 o'clock, you clock out Five o'clock. I'm terrible at math, but let's say you do that five days a week. How many hours of that is a week, Joel Pearl? It's a 40 hour work week. Okay, that's a 40 hour work week, nine to five, five days a week. How hard are some of these people working during those 40 hours? If you're spending 10 hours of that chilling, 
Googling stuff, doing Taylor Swift puzzles. Is that really working for 10 of those 40 hours? Here's what I'm trying to get at here, by the way is Tony can say 80 to 100 hours. And do I believe like he's working like relatively hard during these 80 to 100 hours? Yes. But do I also believe that maybe like 10 of these hours that he's considering work, you know, during two of these hours, he's running running the show and everything. Like to Tony, that's fun. All right, got to make sure this is there, you know, two hours on Dynamite, two hours on Collision, whatever. Like, do I think he's maybe doing 10 hours of just like researching does he consider maybe 10 hours of like watching footage? Is that work to him? Does, is he including that in the 80 to 100 hours? If he's just spending, you know, two hours a day, hey, let me watch this old match. Hey, let me watch this tape and everything. Like that, that's not, so Michael kind of is making a point more succinct than I am. Like it depends on how taxing the work is. Yes. Like go ahead. I just, I want to, I want to uh, rewind for a second. The, the idea of the show being fun. Uh, I can, I can speak to that from experience. You can have as much fun as you want putting together a show and trying to make the best show possible. But the second it goes live, the amount of stress that comes with that, I'm not, and I'm not saying you didn't, you don't take that into account. Jeremy. I'm not, uh, I just want to bring it up for anyone who, who might feel that way. It becomes a very different beast when you're sitting with the headphones on and you're trying to, basically heard cats and keep to times there's like a hundred million things going on at one time it very much becomes work and then you have some guy running a vtr of someone going take 22 and next thing you know you're you're screaming because that wasn't supposed to air and you know the cogs in the machine aren't really turning properly and that's a whole different can of worms so sorry go ahead no i completely agree with you and i i feel like i i didn't I tried to diminish that more than, than it should be of like, Oh yeah. He's only spending you know two hours of that. It's just doing the show. The show I would imagine is very stressful and, and dealing with everything you got to deal with. There is very stressful. My overall point is what is he considering when it comes to this 80 to, to t- or a hundred hour a work week? Like if 10 of those hours a week is just watching old wrestling and just maybe coming up with ideas or just seeing what worked then or just like watching it to watch it or watching the, the a Jaguars game. Like, is he working during the game? Yeah, he does like the, the analytic stuff. Is he tracking everything? I, I truly don't know. Like if he's just watching the game and then just kind of like taking notes of things. Okay, but it's not it's not the same as when he's running the NAW show or anything same with like a fulham game if he's just like watching the game kind of taking notes and everything but he's still like it is that factored into his 80 100 hour work week because if it is if it is just like hey let me watch the game and take notes and stuff that, that that's not super taxing work i don't maybe it is for maybe maybe depending on the notes he's taking i do assume tony's probably taking kind of meticulous notes honestly maybe it can be a little taxing but when people say, oh, I work uh, 40 hours a week, I work 80 hours a week. Okay, but how, what is the actual work when it comes to that? And again, I do not diminish, I'm not trying to diminish the hours Tony puts in, act, how hard he actually works, because I do believe Tony works very hard. I also believe there is a little bit of hyper hi, uh, hyperbole when people say they working this many hours, but how hard are you working during those hours? Cause I I've known people, Joel, who they, they get on at this hour, they get off at this hour. Right. 
but then they don't do any work during those hours. So it's like, okay, sure. You work for 40 hours a week, but like you didn't do anything during those 40 hours, at least during like half of those hours, you didn't do anything. So like, I don't feel that bad for you that you say you work 40 hours a week and it's such a struggle and it's so much. That's, that's my only point. But uh, overall, I do agree that like, yeah, if you're, if you're working hard, hard, nonstop hours, 80 to a hundred hours a week, gotta slow down a little bit. Gotta, gotta slow down a little bit on that and maybe delegate stuff. But there is just different levels to 80 hours, 100 hours, and how much work you're actually putting in and what you consider and what you consider work. I think that's the biggest thing is what is considered in that because I can sit here, I can say like, oh, I work basically nonstop every every single day. I'm up at six o'clock and then I, you know, people can check the timestamp of when I'm posting stuff. Some posts are up at like 630. And then they might not see another post from me. Like they'll see posts throughout the day. My last post of the day might be like 1130 because I'm covering a show or whatever. But like if I'm not covering a show, but I'm still watching Raw, do I count that as three hours that I've been working? I could. I could make it sound really good of how much I've worked. But I don't fully consider that, oh, I'm working hard during these three hours of Raw. People who know me know my laptop's typically in front of me and I am doing posts and scheduling stuff during that time. So that's my, my only point on things. That's still work though. <laughs> Those three it hours is, well, okay, but watching. watching, if I'm not doing articles, but I'm just watching Raw, is that work? Do I count that as like, oh, I worked for three more hours on top of everything I already did? So it... To me, and again, this is why this this conversation is very much subjective, and and we'll go into the a lot of differences in, in work culture and expectation uh, after this. But this is, um, yeah, like if if you're taking notes and you're going to be talking about it, say on a post show. So in Sean and Denise's case, because they run the the, the raw post show, uh, this would be work for them because they are immediately following up sure. and talking about it. I would contend to a lesser degree, you and I are technically working during those three hours. We're watching Raw, we're internalizing. And then the next day, or even, so I guess Wednesday, so it'd be two days later in our case, we talk about Raw. We don't talk about it as as deep dive as, you know, as, as Sean and Denise do with immediate reactions, but impact. Impact's a good example for me. I watch two hours of Impact on Thursday nights, and then I immediately go onto this screen and I talk about it with Crest Star for an hour, sometimes more. That's three hours of work to me. You know, the, if you're doing things that it, it require a immediate reaction, I think that the workload's a little harder. If you're just doing a little bit of conversational stuff like you and I do, or even if we're researching for an interview, things like that, we're still consuming content, but we're trying to take it so that we have notes in order to do our job. Tony's kind of in the same boat. You know, if he's reviewing matches and watching it, yeah, it, it's kind of like it's levels of work. It is about how hard you're working, or at least what you're doing at the same time. If you take a, a seven-hour day, or not seven hours, sorry, seven days. Let's say Tony doesn't take a break. Let's say Tony is on seven days a week, and he's working 16-hour days. That's 112 hours a week. That's insane. you know. But again, the work has different levels. When I did the cruise ship gig, they used to have us uh, do something called an ELO, which was the time on and the time off of your work. Because if you overworked you were like, it was some sort of problem with maritime law or at least the company laws. So you had to be working a certain amount in order to 
be okay. If you overworked, then like your supervisor gets in shit. It's a whole thing. It's very funny. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, there's, there's no right answer and everyone does have a different kind of level of workload that they're comfortable with. And it also, Jeremy, to your point is you have someone who might clock in, sit for eight hours, not do anything versus someone who clocks in, gets a lot done and then clocks out, forgets about the job. I think I'm more to the latter personally because I try to separate my time. Uh, unfortunately, wrestling also happens at night. So a lot of my, there are like chunks of my day that are like, I am a dad full time now. And then there are chunks of my day where I am on the air with you or I'm researching or rewatching. And then the evenings I'm, you know, I'm dad, I'm cooking, I'm putting my kid down for sleep. I'm with my, my partner and it, that that's my job. So you know, I could argue I pull 16 hour days too, but I'm not going to because the, the work is different. So this is just, a, it's a larger conversation about how you, how you consider work and how much work versus rest is important to you because rest is important. You know, Triple H had a whole, we turned it into, not us, but like people turned it into a whole meme that rest is important. You need your eight hours. You need your eight hours of sleep, Tony, get your sleep. I agree with Ryan. This comes down to the fact that Joel doesn't grind like I do. Factual, hundred percent factual. I, I what we first ahead. of all, I, I will never disagree with Jeremy's level of work versus mine. A hundred percent. Only Jeremy can write an article like I'm officially retired from MMA. Bellator was jerking me off. So just I don't have that 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 fortitude, if you will. Uh, no, I, I know the Jeremy. Sitting through a two-hour Jake Hager virtual signing. Sitting <laughs> through a two-and-a-half-hour Kurt Angle on the Joe Rogan experience. Okay, but that's work. That's I know. Work. And then, and then so, so, again, going back to the Raw conversation, like, that's work. We're sitting here. We're doing our research. We're doing things so that we can write or talk about these things. Uh, and that's work for us. And, and, and again, right, you know, to Ryan's point, he's joking. But also, I will very readily admit that Jeremy works very hard. I will also very readily admit that I worry about Jeremy sometimes. I worry about myself. Uh, <laughs> case in point. <laughs> Here, I think what we need is Tony. We two two things. We need two one of two things here. We need someone to follow Tony around twenty four seven for a week and see the eighty to one hundred hours of work that he actually does all right so uncut tony khan cam for seven days a week 24 7 with the footage of him sleeping i i don't know when this camera person's gonna sleep they gotta like trade off it's gonna and, it's gonna be cutler and colt just trading off it's yeah yeah be it's gotta be yeah it's gotta be two people trading yeah. off and yeah. everything so i want the entire uncut how many hours in our week joel how many hours in a week yeah what is that? 24 by 24 times seven. seven. Do math. I don't do math very well. Oh no. Now they press the find button. Oh my gosh. Joel. 168. Okay. Uncut 168 hours of footage of, of Tony Khan. That's what I need. Put that shit on max and watch me be the only viewer. Um, I need that or, or I think that's the best way to go about it. Cause that's the most accurate way to portray Tony Khan. And, and how much he works or I need Tony to write out his entire his entire uh, day of like what he does and everything and how many hours he spent doing it one of the two one of the two 
that that's what we need. All right. So Tony, if you're listening, I know you are. We need to we need to come to come to uh, an agreement on how much you're doing on the 80 to 100. We need a documentation of how much work your 80 to 100 hour work week is. All right, Tony, I'm not asking for much here. Just asking for someone to follow you around for uh, 24 seven for an entire week. Or I'm asking you to write down everything you do. And uh, I need someone to take the minutes. You know, Tony doesn't have to do this. If if, if we have someone follow him around to take the minutes, that's fine as well. Dear Will Washington, please find enclosed a GoPro, a notebook, and a pen. Please complete the following for me. <laughs> I don't think that'll work. Someone in the chat is dealing with Jimmy Jacobs hired to follow Tony around and help a book. Yeah, sure, but he ain't following Tony to his hotel room making sure he goes to sleep. I need that person to tuck in Tony at night. Could you imagine? A bedtime giving, story? Yeah, giving Tony tuck-ins. Come on, let's go. <laughs> And the Jack nah, bless Tony. The Super Bowl. Look, I, I worry about Tony and like he's doing a lot, man. He's got he's got the Jazz, he's got Fulham, he's got AW, ROH, like he's doing a lot. Again, how hard I, I don't for for the record, I hope everyone this point is very clear. I don't dispute how hard Tony Khan works when he says eighty to hundred hours. I don't think it's oh well sixty of those hours he ain't actually working type of thing you just punch the clock and then punched out now tony khan's working very hard and i am in more or less in agreement with joel that like find your breaks and and i'm, I'm in agreement with joel this goes to everybody find your breaks everyone whatever that break is you know may, hey look if tony's good with however much sleep he's getting if he takes his maybe to him just watching you know putting the full game on and just he, he says it like hey just watch the soccer that's my break Hey, cool. Like I get that. For me, I play I play video games and that's kind of my break. You know, sometimes I'll play video games while listening to a podcast and it's still technically work, but I'm listening for keywords, key phrases that I can turn into an article type of thing. But it helps I, I don't have to fully lock in like I would otherwise. And sometimes I listen to a podcast and I'll do two other articles during that time, and that is hard, hard work. So it's it's all about just kind of the the effort level you're giving on the work and the, and the time management. And I hope Tony, it seems like for the most part, I mean, there are some stressful times and like, you know, it, you get burnt out on this stuff and there's a lot going on. Tony's managing fairly well, at least for now. He's had some disheveled moments in press conferences. I'm not going to uh, take this shit. <laughs> that ruled. Yeah. I mean, that was a tough night. That was a tough night it's for old, old TK. Night. But for the most part, he seems good. Seems good, man. And and I hope that continues because you know what? It's more fun to talk about the the good wrestling than it is to talk about the you know the shit. And and, and again, conversations like these are why we do in the weeds because these are conversations that are kind of like depth on a multiple level. In that we we're talking about the the wrestling side of it, being Tony and and the way that he operates and booking literally his entire life and AEW, but it also gives us a chance to kind of talk to each other and talk to the audience about like the, the dangers of burnout and how working is different. And hopefully these are things that people kind of take away from and uh, yeah, they, they think about it and they ruminate on it and they, they therapize with it. Maybe they, they go, go into a therapy session and talk about burnout. I know I have. 
many times talked about burnout with a with a therapist. I should get Jimmy Jacobs to follow me around. I just complain to my wife who has to hear all of this. Talk to a therapist. Your your partner is not a therapist. Please, for the love of God, I can only say this so many times. Your partner is not a therapist. <laughs> she makes me feel better about things, though, Joel. Fair. Uh, okay. Let's, she let's... just agrees with me, which I appreciate. <laughs> That's not helpful. I'm not here. <laughs> it's helpful to me. It's reassuring. I guess. Jesus. You need more <laughs> yes men in your life. I'm going to call Sean and tell him to agree with you more. He Honestly, he should. Sean and I, we've been, we've been, I'm just kidding, we've been clashing, fight Sean Ross. Up. One of these days, I'm gonna, I'm gonna referee that fight. He should agree with me more. Make things, I, I should probably agree with him more on things. Everyone just agree with everyone. Life would be so much easier. I feel like well, the agreeance of one will not agree to the others. How much easier would life be if 19 million motherfuckers were just like me? Joel Pearl. And this looks like a job for me. So everybody. No, no, no. Pretty sure that's real slim shady. Not, uh, not without me. Not the other one? I don't know. I don't remember yep. anything anymore. Wrong one. <laughs> anyway, I do remember that we reported over on Fightful Select that, uh, Randy Orton has been seen around the WWE PC. This, this was some fun news to, to discover last night. And, uh, I think, uh, our pal Cassidy Haynes over at uh, body slam had also given some of this news up that, the uh, the Orton bus that had been spotted outside the PC. Who's who's hanging out at the Orton bus? Okay, like is it just Randy? Is it is there anyone else hanging out in the or in the Orton bus? Not I'm, not I'm not asking like who's camping out and trying to seek out the Orton bus. No, I'm asking who's hanging out in the in the Randy Orton bus. In your opinion, uh, if if we're at the performance center, yeah, who's there? I assume Becky. Becky's probably chilling in the Randall bus. I feel like um, your bus is already uh, pretty set up. Uh, Carmelo Hayes, maybe people seem to like him. He's he's gotten good words from like Cody and stuff. Carmelo Hayes, like Joe Gacy, maybe. Um, I would love that. Who's a gamer on the NXT roster? Who's the, who's the biggest gamer? I assume all of them. Who who would play Madden with uh, with Randy Orton? I assume all of them. That's Trick, all Trick Williams. Trick, yeah, Trick, Trick Williams probably, probably Trick gamer. And Mello are just doing yeah. just big campaign and uh, uh, Madden with uh, with Randy Orton. That's the one. That's the one I need. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Either way, so we're seeing 
Randy seems to be working out in the ring. That's pretty good news, or at least working out at the PC, not necessarily in the ring. But uh, this this is very interesting news because this is traditionally one step closer to the potential of returning. Now, this isn't me saying he's going to be back next week or anything. But, you know, as we start to get towards WrestleMania season, uh, is this something that you personally would be interested in seeing? Maybe a, a surprise Randy Orton Royal Rumble entry or just a, a WrestleMania build to a story for randy how are you feeling about uh, the news and, and the potential of a randy orton return it's not a surprise because it's been spoiled by those jerks over at fightful select can't believe it yeah uh look i'm all for all for randy getting back one just getting back healthy right like we we want good health for for everybody it sucks when people are injured orton's been out for over a year like there was the report that he was gonna work uh roman at SummerSlam last year and obviously that didn't happen because he's been out since before SummerSlam of last year so it, it's not <laughs> i apologize that i the wife is actually like doing these taylor swift puzzles this is going to break her she is not happy with any of this why did she you put her up to this well beca- because i asked her to and you know this is she for some reason she listens to me I don't get it, but yeah, she's she's not thrilled with any of this. All right. Um, regarding regarding Randy though, we want good health for him because he's been out for for so long. So if he's just able to return in any capacity, that's that's a good sign, right there. What he's gonna look like after this long away after a pretty major surgery, don't know. Uh, you know, hopefully he's uh still at a, a good level. You know, Randy's always been the that was always the thing, right? Methodical, work slow, slow it down, kid. Grab a headlock, Randy, type of thing. So I don't think he's going to have to change his style too, too much or anything. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm for him being in the Rumble or being at Mania. Whatever capacity, it will be good. Because I think when when Triple H came back, I think a lot of people were excited to see how Randy was going to be used. And we never really got it uh he was doing he was doing good work with with riddle he even said how he felt real very revitalized during that time working with riddle he felt a lot looser with everything and you know we haven't we haven't seen just randy in any capacity for a while but the main thing is his health is if he's healthy feeling good then i'll, I'll be happy to see him back in, in any real capacity because the rko is gonna always get a pop randy's that dude who's just he's over no matter what, he's going to be over. So I'm interested to see him in kind of this new landscape where it is still uh, similar people at the top, but there's also some some new people. And there's a lot of stories to tell. I think Cody is the, the biggest one you can tell. But there, there's some bloodline stuff you can do with Randy as well. Uh, so it'd be good to see him back. Yeah, so that that's the big question is, if he does come back, who are the opponents? And you mentioned Bloodline. Go back to SummerSlam, and that was the big inkling. What was that two years ago now? Was that SummerSlam in 2020? No, 2021 was Cena. 2022, yeah. there was talk about doing Randy and uh, Randy and sorry, Randy and and Reigns. Roman. Roman. Roman Reigns. Yeah. So the all the R's. So uh, and obviously that's not what happened. But I mean. What what about the potential of doing Riddle versus Randy? I don't want to talk about Riddle because clearly he's not on TV much, and there are other things at play. 
But if things do clear up, is that something that people would want to see? Just like from the casual WWE fan knows nothing about what happened with Riddle, knows nothing other than Riddle and Randy were a very popular tag team, and now they're both back, and let's say one is a heel and one's a babyface. Is that a match that a casual fan would be wanting to see if the story is told right? I think you got to tie it up. Uh, am I just a, a little personal in there with the things that have happened? It's not something I'm super interested in, but I can like they were a popular team. I don't think anybody can can deny that they were a popular team. They were over. People were invested in them. And like I said, Randy seemed to take a liking to to Riddle. Same. He seemed to enjoy working with Riddle. He seemed to enjoy the freedom that he and Riddle were having. I think if Riddle is on television, and that's really the biggest thing, is Riddle even going to be on TV? Is he even going to be used? Is he, Who knows? If he is, if he does have some type of role, then I think it's a story you've at least got to tie up. And look, if the tie-up is Randy hits him with an RKO and Riddle disappears forever, that's the tie-up. But I, I think... If Riddle's still featured and everything, then yeah, you can you can do a match out of it. I, I don't want to see... I think a, a tag team would be maybe good for Randy at this stage of his career because it would just mean less work for him. And I think he would be all on board with that. Like, wait, I only got to do... Because I think that was kind of a selling point to him when in teaming with Riddle. It's just like, oh, I only got to kind of do less stuff. He'll go out there and do everything else type of thing. Um, So I do think a tag team would be good for Randy, who a potential partner is. I don't know. It'd probably have to be someone similar to Riddle because I don't think Randy's going to get booed. He can easily turn him. He works fine as a, a, more than fine as a heel. He's a dick. Like he, he can pull off being a heel very easily. Um, he's very, very good at that throughout the throughout the years on television. I, I almost like want to see like a Randy and Drew tag team against like a, a Sammy and Kevin. I think there's a lot of fun they could have there. If Randy's going to stay as like a kind of a sort of serious baby face uh, type thing, or not sort of, but like kind of a straight man for a more goofy guy. Um like, like who could be in that role? Uh, maybe uh, they did the thing with Gable, Randy Orton in the Alpha Academy. Can you imagine Randy's got to relearn everything he knows about wrestling. Chad Gable is now his teacher. Could you imagine I, Randy Orton going shoosh? <laughs> <laughs> That's be hilarious. He wanted to work with Champa. Like, remember they they did that thing for it was like during the pandemic. Like he even said, like, I want to work with Champa. I want to tell Champa, like hey, you can slow down. You don't have to do this big type of grind type thing. It'll be fine. Someone says uh, LA Knight and Randy. There's plenty of stuff for Randy to do. It's just a matter of where are you going to place him and how much is he going to work? The Sicilian snakes. Randy Orton, Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> what, what do you think of, of, of the Riddle thing? Do you think, let's say Riddle is being used on television weekly. Do they go back to that team? Does somebody turn... Or do they just act like it never happened? The problem is, you know, the the insider in me is like, none's going to happen. They just, they they don't necessarily trust in Matt Riddle right now. And, you know, I would argue deservedly so. Uh, if Riddle were to come back and prove himself to management and to, to people backstage that, you know, he is actively 
trying to be a, a good team member and, and just, you know, perfect for the company, then yeah, I think he would be rewarded with Randy Orton because that is, that's a huge opportunity. You mentioned the pop that the second that music hits when Orton's music hits, that's a legacy pop right there. It's always there. It's always a part of it. That's because they were so popular as a tag team. Yeah. I would, I would want to see something and I'd want to see one of them as a heel. Honestly, wouldn't hate seeing Matt Riddle as a heel in this whole entire case. Um, but he's the only person that, that that's like the only situation that I would want to see this in. Um, but Riddle would have to turn around a lot of people's mindsets and his, and both backstage and in front of the audience to, uh, to make that happen. There's another name that I'm kind of, kind of interested in and believe it or not, it's CM Punk. The two had a match at WrestleMania 27 and it was Okay. Is there room to do Randy and Punk in some sort of some sort of match? Is there any interest in that? I mean, the two of them tell good stories. Pardon? There's interest in it. I don't it, know. Is it was it worthwhile? Like, is there something? Because again, this is a legacy. Uh, this is a legacy story. It completely tosses out the whole like LOL Cody Rhodes versus CM Punk because of the rock thing. Let's say the rock thing isn't a thing and it's actually going to be Cody and Roman at WrestleMania. Would Brandy and punk, could it make sense? Could it work? Could they run it back? Like years. And we're talking like years later, a, de- a decade plus later. Cause that match was like 2011, 2012. You look, you can do it. There will be interest. In it. There's going to be interest in whatever the hell CM Punk does. If he ends up returning to WWE. I think there's going to be interest in whatever Randy does whenever he returns. I also think that's probably the style, the pace Punk wants to work. I mean, look at his feuds in AEW. He was working certain people with a certain pace for the the most part. Especially, I mean, the, the latest run didn't last uh, last too long, but he was working Joe. Joe's pace is what it is at this point. Love Joe, but he ain't working this high intense pace like the Young Bucks or anything. He works the the slower style. Randy's going to work the slower style. Um, so I think that would make sense for a uh, CM Punk to be in that that style. Um, yeah, there's interest because there's just going to be interest in anything Punk does. I, I ain't putting a CM Punk return a lot of people saying cody and orton i think that's something you got to do i I would do that as cody's first title defense if cody were to win at wrestlemania i would do cody and orton because that's a story that you can carry for multiple months yeah you can have a reformed variation on legacy or have some sort of you know six-man tech there's opportunity for a lot of story i wouldn't lead into mania with that i'd lead out of mania with something like that that's fair I mean, maybe, maybe Randy helps Cody with the the bloodline stuff going into to forty, and then they kind of still team a little afterwards, and then, and then Randy turns on Cody because Randy always turns on somebody. Maybe maybe Randy is the guy Cody needs to to get him to finish the story. You can just do Randy and Riddle at Saudi. <laughs> Problem is, then both men get paid very well. Yeah. 
I don't know if you want to, I don't know if you want to give that up as a, as an opportunity. Either way, this is uh it's good news to know that Randy Orton is, you know, potentially on his way back that he's at least working out in the ring. I love that in the in the report it was added, you know, the interview with Cody Rhodes, he said, you know, even the Undertaker couldn't get around the the mandate that you have to do a workout in the PC if you're coming back to WWE. I think that's very funny and the Undertaker couldn't get around it. Why would why would Randy Orton? The man had a backyotomy for Christ's sake. So uh this is it's good news. It's good news to know that he's in the ring, that he's working out and uh, there's a potential for return and a lot of stories and we also we don't know what his schedule would look like coming out of such major surgery and such major return cuz he's been out for well over a year but probably closer to 18 months by now. Well that's why I think maybe a tag team would, would suit him better. If he's going to wrestle and be kind of on the road full time, which I don't know if he is, maybe he is just going to do, um, maybe he is just going to do kind of part-time schedule, which he's more than earned at this point. But if he's going to be on the road and, and sort of working a little bit full time, then a tag team would make some sense for him because then he just only got to take really he got to take any of the bumps if he doesn't want to just let the other person bump the entire time get the hot tag rko call it a night do you imagine (laughs) you do all the work kid i'm just gonna come get the glory (laughs) look that's the way to do it he knows this stuff yeah tough johnny gargano do gargan rko in the chat i love it uh, yeah, CM Punk versus Dominic Mysterio is another one, but we're not talking about Punk. He, he's got he's got litigation to not do. So uh, I, I see this in the in the actually on the uh, the Twitch chat and uh, the thoughts on the rumors of WWE coming to Australia for a PLE. I am Australian. Well, first of all, thank you for joining us at the ungodly hour of. That's probably like noon over there. It's noon tomorrow is what it is. But uh, yeah, this was this was really cool news. That WWE is potentially going back to Australia in uh, in February is the rumored timeline. What do you think? This is this is good. Be the first time in about five years that they've done a major event there. Last time they did, they did Triple H and the Undertaker, and it was uh, this was around a time, by the way, where they did like Hell in a Cell, Evolution. They had a Saudi show and then the Australian PLE, and they were like within like a months of each other, like in the same timeline, and they were trying to promote all of them at the same time. I think they've gotten a little bit better at WWE about the promotion timeline. But uh, what do you think? WWE going back to Australia? Do you want to go? It's only like $2,500 for a return ticket, right? And a 16-hour flight to Sydney, and then you got to get to Perth. I, I think it makes sense that, that they're going to do this. You know, they, They've been doing more international live events o- over the past year, and Australia is a market that they haven't been to recently. It's a market where... They've got some top local talent. I mean, Rhea Ripley being the biggest. And, you know, I I think a lot of the Australian talent has pushed for it. It's been rumored. I can't tell you how many articles I've written of, uh, you know, Bronson Reed or or Rhea Ripley talking about like, yeah, I heard we might go to Australia, but then they didn't go to Australia type of thing. So there's been a lot. (laughs) Our guess is backstage flipping me off um so, and, by the way. yeah fair there, there's been there's been a lot of talk about the australian event and so i think the fact that they're finally going to do it makes a lot of sense 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to the uh, to the PLE. I'm not looking forward to the time that it might air because it'll probably be about five in the morning when it goes live. But other than that, I think it's really cool that Australians are going to get a live pay-per-view or a live PLE again. Uh, I would love to go, but I would absolutely hate the flight that it entails. It's not fun unless you're in first class, which I haven't experienced for a flight like that. Uh, you know what? He's flipping us off. He's making a scene. So if he's ready to go, he can flip me off again. We can just bring him on. Oh, the other guy. We'll flip the other guy off. You give me the thumbs up and flip the other guy off. Let's bring him on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the the BLP Black Label Pro Heavyweight Champion. He's going to be in action this coming weekend. I'm looking for my overlay. Here we go. It's going to be in action this this weekend at TurboGrafx 24. It's available on Fight Plus. Come and check him out. The one, the only Ratty Daddy himself, Cole Radrick, joins us now. Hello. What is up, pal? It's nice to see everybody again. Good to see. Is you. it? Is it nice to see me after you've been DMing me that you're gonna beat me up? You've called I would me never. bitch ass. <laughs> I, I I think my correct term was ho ass. But Let, let's 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 get to the bottom. If it's bitch ass or or ho ass, it was ho ass this morning. It's it yeah. was ho this morning. It was punk ass bitch last night. I love you. <laughs> Brother, I'm so tired. We're out here, though. Yeah, because I made it. you wake up at 11 a.m. Like, this is early. We're an hour into our show. Brother, I went to bed at, like, 5.30 this morning. Good Who's lord, I that? My girlfriend works night shifts. I'm scheduled oh. to, like, to her sleep schedule. Oh, then it's her fault, not yours. I mean, or we can just blame Jeremy. Oh, Thank sure. you. It's so sure. much easier when you just blame Jeremy. Are you, are you a light sleeper, Cole? Uh, no, 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 no. My girlfriend came home this morning from work and was supposed to, she, she woke me up and that was at 8 a.m. And I think I woke up physically at 10.25. This depends on whatever time I sent Jeremy his first sweet message of the day. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, uh, let's see, 10.20 against all my will, I have awoken. So you're up Yeah, 10.15. Yeah. <laughs> Look at it. CTE is a myth, folks. <laughs> we cracked it. I miss I miss going to bed at five and waking up at two. I, I, I don't like I'm not saying I enjoy it, folks. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> whenever I- whenever you know three AM is your six PM and you're a ch- you're an old man that wants to go to bed at eight PM and you're taking the trash out at three AM and then there's an Uber outside dropping off the the drunk couple that lives right next to you and you know that they know that you heard them arguing last night <laughs> it, it was a great moment because there was just a moment where we i had like three trash bags in my hand at 3 a.m wearing a different all black hoodie mind you hood up because i don't i don't uh, it's just like a weird anxiety thing and then I just have all these trash bags just staring at them. And Are like, you... par- I'm hoping part of me was like, why is he taking the trash out at 3 a.m. with a black hoodie with the hood up? And then I, part of me hopes that they just don't ask questions. Yeah, I don't think they want to ask questions if they were arguing and you know the details of this. Do you think they think you were lonely at 3 a.m.? No. Okay. Because I usually, I had. I don't, I don't know. I'm not lonely at 3 a.m. Leave me alone. Jeremy, he only sleeps when it's raining and he screams at the hotel. Anyway. <laughs> That's a myth. 
That's do you mat. have a happy? Do you have a mat on your doorway that says happiness? No, I have a black cat mat outside of my door. I because... saw you were nursing your cat, and you were like, "This is why I can't have kids because <laughs> the, you had to take the cat away from the trash bag." Cats love bags. By the way, we have a kind of cat. This thing will not stay away from our our grocery bag. Just wants to eat it, lick it, whatever. Like, go away, dummy. So, so food. We had like the funniest thing. Christmas last year, my cat got a certain ornament off the tree, and it was just this tiny little bell-looking plastic ornament. Starts knocking it around. And I was like, all right, I'm sweeping up. This ornament's going into the trash. Threw it away. And my cat sulked for five... No. There we go. My cat cried for five... Like, was whining, throwing a fit. Like, you pick her up, and she's just... (laughs) So, eventually... I opened up the Christmas ornaments that we had put away just to unscrew one with the cap and give her one that she plays with all the time now. So buy the cat its own Christmas ornament to, to make it happy. It cats is are, cats are a pain. They are, but like, they're also the best. Like we, I, I don't know if you remember to us talking about Mac, who's like our brand new kitten. He's about one years old and about 25 pounds. So, uh, it's going well, but he's like, he's not a big, like, uh, physical touch cat, but there'll be times where like, especially when I'm up here in rec twitch found twitch.tv four slash ready daddy number forever. Uh, especially when I'm up here, he'll lay down like on either side of me. And it's funny because I won't notice he's there until I feel like a weight drop. And I figured out he literally just stands on his feet and throws himself to his side to get his to get my attention that he's actually physically ready to be touched. <laughs> Our and, cat will just walk all over us. Like we'll just be laying around, and we'll, she'll take the longest route of like, oh, instead of coming up just to the side of you to lay next to you, oh, let me walk over or your legs, walk over your body, and then I'll lay next to you. I, like, what what I are we doing? It. Love it. Listen, let me tell you, let me tell you when it's the weirdest. When you have a human child and you ask that child, hey, you want to give me a hug? And the child says, nah, and then runs away. That's when you know that love is in the air, friends. Okay. No cat. No one wants See, to hug. I can't do home. that. I cannot do that. <laughs> I could not. I would be so emotionally like destroyed. The very, like when it happens to my cat, I'm very hurt. I'm like, why don't you want me to pet you right now? Why, if it was my physical child that could talk to me, and he goes, mm, no, I'm crying, I'm inconsolable, I'm seeking therapy, I'm wondering if it was me, if it was Sean Ross Sapp not getting a pop in Black Label Pro, like I'm wondering what what butterfly effect could have caused this moment in my life where my child doesn't want to even hug me. It's just, it's hurtful. I can tell you eventually he comes around and wants the affection. <laughs> I know Sean Ron, Sean Ron Sapp will never get the affection. No. Oh, your child, your child. My child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. wow. Sean doesn't need the affection. He's fine. I mean, he can probably get it behind the paywall. <laughs> we got, we got to, we got to get you. I love paid. him. You're apparently unpaid. You're an outsider reporter who is I unpaid. Mean, you know. 
you gotta you gotta have your own you gotta have your own Patreon, Cole. Can you do Cole Select? Ratty Daddy Select? I just I mean, if I got in on the uh fight for NFL talk, I'd probably have a job by now. But whatever. Let's well that yeah. show. Yeah, we had that for a little while. I was gonna RIP. We're going to talk no wrestling. No, we never do. It's a train wreck from start to finish. And I'm literally like, at what point are you going to bring him in here? Like you always do. He shows up by his own volition. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. He's lurking somewhere. For for some reason, this is the one show he actually watches that exists on the entire platform. I don't understand it. It's like Beetlejuicing this whole thing. It's awful. I do have a bone to pick with you when it comes to the what did NFL, I do, Cole? Frank Reich is awful. Why? Uh, dear God, you muted yourself. <laughs> Control C, or you just unplugged your microphone accidentally. So <laughs> I get very physical whenever something happens. And it just triggers a bad memory, a bad season, a bad point in my life, something I've lost sleep over, something I have cried myself to sleep over. And like, I like to move my microphone around a lot. I'll grab it, talk into it. There's this real reason why, even after everything that happened last year, I am so happy that we got rid of Frank Reich and went to Jeff Saturday. I do not care. I would have oh, rather okay. gone down like the shit storm that we are, at, we were last year with Jeff Saturday than to go out with Frank Reich where I have the smallest, tiniest bit of hope. And here's, I'm glad. Here's a five, five yard check down. Oh, let's throw a, let's mm-hmm. throw a screen pass. Oh, mm-hmm. here's, here's a, here's a swing pass to the running back. Take no shots down the field. No creativity offensively. Third and nine fullback dive. Oh, it's Love so it. it's it's awful. It's boring to watch. Like we got the number one overall pick, and I'm trying to watch these games. Like Anthony Richardson should have been the number number one overall pick. Nah, Bryce. I think Bryce will be okay. But this quarterback is just uh, I mean, this quarterback coach and just the coach in general, awful, absolutely awful. Frank Reich offense, terrible. Terrible stuff. Joel, ask a wrestling question. Try to bring some some uh, legitimacy to this show and interview. Otherwise, Cole and I will just talk about football the rest of the time. And cats. Cats. Listen, man, we, we talk a lot. Of, we talk a lot. Uh, not that. We talk a lot. Oh, about, we do need to talk about that. We will, I guess. Uh, Panther's never doing well. Shaza McKenzie yeah. never wins matches. Some, somehow she beat you at a freelance event. What the hell happened? Uh. I'm seeing uh, Brass Knuckles and Tight Spool. Oh, okay. What allegedly. Oh, allegedly. Okay. Allegedly. Let's, uh, let's, let's, all right, fine. We're gonna, well, let's talk about Sore subject. Sore subject. Sore subject. I just wanted to get it out there. It's not a cage match and a match guy where people have reviewed it with comments yet, so I don't know if it counts. Good. It doesn't matter. We just we brought it up. We just got it in. We got it out. Let's talk about a Ring of Honor. You had uh, your best pal, Matt Brannigan. You teamed up, took on Gates. Best the, the, the hog and cog connection. <laughs> you were watching Sausage Party last night. I just a legendary movie. We're gonna talk about that too. It's in my list. But first, let's talk about Ring of Honor. How was the experience working in front of the crowd at uh, Rock Mortgage Fieldhouse? Uh man, it was pretty awesome. Um, you know, 
there's like a weird set of events that kind of led up to it, but it was the fact that something did come up from it was pretty cool. Um, uh, sorry, just blanking out on I'm not blanking out, but trying to figure out how to word I want to say. Uh, it was a really cool thing, man, because like when I first started wrestling, like I'm a realist at some forms, and I'm like, listen, I'm a five eight really kind of unathletic white dude from a super small town. Uh, to be making it was just, you know, doing something for a major promotion, just having a physical match. And to, so to do that was like checking off one of the biggest goals I had wanted to do in wrestling. So it was kind of surreal. Uh, now, did it kind of go the way I wanted it to? No. Uh, I still have like a burnt mat burn on my forehead from the finish. Um, but when, when we're preloaded in that ring, uh, you know, we walk, me and Matt Bredigan walk out there. I'm trying to keep pace with him because he has big, strong whew, legs. Ooh, quads. Uh, we get in the ring and there's a couple fans that started chanting Ratty Daddy. Like before the other per- people came out. And I thought that was really cool. Um, and then by the end of it, the crowd seemed to be having a good time with me. And uh, I got thrown directly onto my face. And I uh, don't remember much of that. Did anyone have anything to say after the experience of uh, once you got through the curtain and you came to and you were like, okay, got thrown on my face. How are we feeling? What they um, honestly, I was just more ready in like, not in a negative way about ring, like the experience or ring of honor whatsoever. I was so ready to leave and not because I didn't have a good experience, but I had to drive. So I had to drive from Indy to Cleveland, Ohio, five and a half hours. And then Cleveland, Ohio back to Indy to get on a plane to go to New York. Cause my flight left at 6 a.m. The show, so AEW show ended at midnight. Okay, so how does that even? You had to go back to Indy, and then did you make the flight? Yeah, yeah, because he worked the GCW show the next night. Oh, to, did you speed? To, I mean, listen, brother, we made it on time. <laughs> did, yeah, did uh, he make it? all that matters? Listen, no cops are here. I, I mean, you, if Sean Ross Sapp is hiding somewhere, that's true. That's true. You became, in my opinion, besides Brian Danielson, I can't put anybody above Brian Danielson. Uh, sorry, Cole. But other, be, aside from Danielson, to me, you're the greatest ROH worker of all time after just this one match. Because, yeah, look, all anybody was talking about after this ROH show on Thursday was you. I don't know what else happened on this show. And I watch it. But I know... Cole Radrick did the spin, did the camera point, did the back off. It got pounced and unfortunately also got tossed onto your head with everything. Uh, you were, were the standout from ROH on Thursday. So my, my question coming out of this is for the first thing, which is now a GIF online, when you're doing the spin and the point and the look around, do you have in your in your head, I'm going to go and I'm going to, do all of this. I'm going to go and I'm going to make sure I stand out, do something memorable for this to where the people, they might not know anything else about this show. They're going to remember Cole Radrick teaming with Matt Brannigan 
and getting his ass kicked? Um, it's more or less of no matter. I had a good way of putting it. Um, what's uh, is it like playing with a full full set of cards? Like, what's it? I can't think of the term. Uh, I've already won in in my head. Like in wrestling, I've already won. I'm I'm playing on borrowed time. Playing with you know whatever you want. House to say. money. I'm playing with house money. Thank there you. We go. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm playing with house money right now. Legitimately speaking, if wrestling into tomorrow, I did way more than I thought I would ever accomplish. So to me, this is so much fun. This is what I love doing. What I love is entertaining a crowd and making sure by the end of the night, I did something at least along the lines to to entertain them. And so when you may or may not realize you may or may not have a really short match, you have to find ways to stand out and to be entertaining. And so I I don't sit there and be like, okay, I'm going to do this spin and I'm going to look at the camera or any of these things. To me, I am living in the moment and having as much fun as I can with it because a lot of that is my uh, unconfident self from high school trying to be one of the cool kids and awkwardly just doing funny quips to try to make people laugh. Now I kind of figured out post-high school – those funny quips that can make people laugh and have fun and entertain themselves. So that's what it is more of is just enjoying what I'm doing, living in the moment of what I'm doing and just having as much fun as I can with it. I'm going to add to Jeremy's point. You were on a show that you were the, you became the main focal point on an episode where the ring of honor world champion who hadn't defended his title since July Defended his title on that same episode against Rocky friggin' Romero. <laughs> People wanted to talk about Cole Radrick taking a face bump more. I love it. That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, but like, there's a part of me where it's like, is that potentially like a bad thing? Nah. That I suck that much out like a like a thumb. No, come on. I don't think so. As in, as you know, you're you're there to to do a job, and you want to make the most of that that TV time. That's what everyone gets told. I mean, maybe you were told differently, but in every interview I've ever listened to, it's like, make the most of your TV time, make the most of your TV time. No one remembers guy who comes in there, gets beaten a minute and just, you know, they do their job well, but that's it. People remember uh, people like you, or if you, t- uh, the, uh, and uh, you know, I say, I remember, and then I can't remember, but I remember selling the Wardlow power bomb where they did like the full on backflip on it. I remember that bump, that was taken. Like this is the stuff that is memorable on there. Uh, it was Prime. It, it might have been like Optimus Prime. Yeah. I, I know that's a Transformer. Uh, but him. <laughs> you you just have to like to me. At the end of the night, I was not going to be able to go to the back and say I did not have fun with it. I did not give it my all. Like a role is a role, no matter what that role is, no matter whether you're wrestling five minutes, 10 minutes or 15 minutes, you still have one job and that's to entertain the people. So if you look at, if you look at something and you only look at it negatively and be like, man, I only have this much time. I only can get to do this much or I don't get to do this. The, the chances of getting a positive result out of that negativity is so little. You have to approach things sometimes just, 
saying let's have fun with it. And I think pro wrestling is best done that way. It doesn't all have to be super serious. I'm a super serious tough guy, though. <laughs> That's definitely what I think of when I see you, Cole. The, just the, yeah, guy who is going to go in there, trained, legit MMA fighter, and knocking people out. You could pull that off. You're I mean, off. Rough and Roddy can still hit my line, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, BLP th- this weekend. Yeah. Talk to us about that. You didn't realize you were booked until I told you. <laughs> I did realize. <laughs> I did. Listen, I am on the slowest three weeks since the f- beginning of COVID right now. I don't know when the last time I wrestled was. <laughs> All right. I have one show in three weeks. I am losing my mind. It is how I keep track of what day it is. Like, I think today's Wednesday. Yes, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. All right, it's Wednesday. In fairness, I, I will. I will give you a reprieve. Here is when I asked you to to be on the show yesterday. I was like, "Hey, want to join us to talk about ROH and then the stuff you have coming up this weekend?" I messaged you at eight thirty. We've established you're not a morning person. You're you're either just going to bed or you've been up for for too long. So I messaged you at eight thirty. And then you replied at about 9.50 and said, I don't have anything this weekend. I'm like, well, you're advertised for BLP, so I hope you're there. So I'm just – I will cut you a break of like it was probably early. You weren't completely, you know, with it. You hadn't got enough sleep and just forgot. I get it. Honestly, I may have – yeah, I was probably that or bald steep in some IHOP at that point. Because I got I, breakfast at some point yesterday. And I see the Grand Slam breakfast. But that's a Denny's thing, I believe. Yeah, that's very Denny's. much Denny's yeah. thing. Yeah. Denny's ruled, but they they uh, took out the one in my hometown because it really was awful. So It's become a caricature. Of it's, it's its own, like, overpriced garbage place now. It used to be better. It Save Steak and Shake. Better. Save Steak and Shake. <laughs> Stop killing my goddamn Steak and Shake. Someone send me some Denny's, all right? Anybody listen to this, no, just send me Denny's. Don't, Why? Don't. Advocate just for me getting Denny's. Get IHOP. All right, Denny's. fine. Send me IHOP. I don't care. All right, chill out. <laughs> Here's the IHOP. Oh, why is he screaming at me, dude? I don't know. He just loves I'm always yelling at the mic. Why is he yelling at the mic? Why are you raising your voice? It's like his, it's his way of asserting dominance, and we all just laugh when it happens. Is that what happens? Yeah, pretty much. Or we argue. I mean, it's one or the other. Yeah. Black Label Pro, Cole. What What do you have going on this weekend? Who are you defending the title against? I know. First round. First round. Cole Radrick versus Sunny Kiss. Yep. One of the most badass wrestlers going today, Sunny Kiss. Unfortunately, I got to win that first round. Win the second round. Third round, fourth round, however many rounds. It doesn't matter because the king of Rexhead Mountain is still going to be the BLP champion at the end of the night. And then I'm going to take that belt to England and then defend it all over the place and then technically become a world champion. Ish. Ish. It counts. Listen, if the Acclaim can go on a trio's world tour by defending all over the U.S. but winning it in the U.K., then I think Ratty Daddy could do the same thing but invert. Listen, it's going to happen. 
I have a very important question for you. I need the scoop. Yes, the, the Colts are better than the Panthers. All right. Well, that was the <laughs> scoop to get. I hope. Put it in the notes. Jeremy, put it in the notes. We'll run it Anthony off. Richardson, Offensive Rookie of the Year. There it is. We're going to put that in the notes. Bryce Young, not even top five. So wow. Sonny, Sonny wasn't originally planned for the show or booked for the show. Recently, in the last few weeks, Sonny was brought in to replace Barry Horowitz. Was there a chance that we were going to see Cole Radrick versus Barry Horowitz? Uh, I, w- I can tell you with uh, faith, no. Well, all right then. Um, there. <laughs> I, I know. I think I, I believe I know who I originally was slated to wrestle. And while Barry Horowitz would have been freaking uh, okay, yeah, I would have definitely wanted to wrestle Barry Horowitz. But the match I was sold, I was having was pretty cool too. But uh, me and Sunny Kiss. About to be fuego. That's all. Were you originally scheduled to wrestle Rob Van Dam? He's doing a lot of comebacks right now. No, but if me and Rob Van Dam want to talk about some vitamins and (laughs) how pretty the trees are, I would love the opportunity. See, we're in the weeds. Yeah. Have you ever have you have you seen that Rob Van Dam has a lot of orgies on his uh his Instagram? What? Yeah. He can talk he talk to RVD about orgies and stuff. He's living the life out here. He's in a thruple, man. He just gets it. <laughs> the dude, listen, this is the this is the guy that got impact kicked off of Twitch for like a good solid week because Is he a Hall of Fame everywhere already? Because oh, he needs to 100%. be. All right. All right. 100%. And outside of wrestling too, I hope. Yeah. Yo, Rob, Rob Van Dam is just one of the one of the best. No matter no matter what you want to talk about, Rob Van Dam's the best at it. Thank you for your service. You gotta salute the man. You got to. Legend. Absolute legend. Absolute legend. See, you got you could talk about that with the RVD. See. I mean Along with some vitamins and what? other substances. Yeah. Water. <laughs> All right, take another shot at the Panthers and then go back to bed or take a nap or whatever you're going to do. Um, you probably should have just kept Sam Darnold as your quarterback. He's not good. Baker Mayfield. Baker's actually playing well. Like, I Listen, my hot take of this year is he's going to finish at the cusp of it, but Baker Mayfield's a top 15 quarterback by the end of the year. Wow. As wow. long – they don't trade Mike Evans. Oh, let's be honest though, Cole. Like I could play quarterback if this is the offense we're running here. Like I can throw a I can throw a two yard check down. That doesn't seem that difficult. Let bake cook. <laughs> Let everyone know where they can find you at Cole Radrick. Wait, 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 wait. We what? gotta talk about sausage party first. Oh, okay. Jeremy just doesn't like talking to me, Joel. Every time I'm on here, he kicks me <laughs> off. And see, mind you, I'm here for the long haul. I'm already posted up. I've woken up. I'm angry. I'm tired. I'm hungry. But guess what? I'm here, and I'm committed to the bit. As a fightful outsider reporter that is unpaid, I have complaints that I would like to express. But Jeremy's like, all right, cool. Say where you're from. That You've said every single time that you've been on this show. And get the fuck out. Do you want to be killers no puzzles with us? This is what we're doing on this show. No. 
What I wanted to do well, is then, talk get, about get the out of PWI. here. You guys are telling puzzles about, if you want to I wanted stick to around. talk about the PWI 500. Real quick. Oh, you're okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and here we go. <laughs> Last year, I committed to something. And I worked my... And the fruits of my labor have paid off. The PWI Cat Dad of the Year was me. And this year, and I don't know if it was a shot, if I did something wrong, or what may have happened. But in my bio, it is former Cat Dad of the Year, Cole Radrick. And then I've scoured the list. I bought it, okay? I bought it because I wanted to see who won Cat Dad of the Year. Who won Cat Dad of the Year? I can't seem to find it. So they just took a blatant shot and took away the title from me. That is my bone to pick with PWI. Shout out to PWI. I was actually uh, 27 spots up more than I was last year, Mr. 300. How we doing? Keep it moving. Um, But yeah. Uh, Sausage Party. Uh, first time I ever watched okay. that movie. Talk, talk, hold it on, was. Hold on, hold on. Talk more about see, the cat J- see Joel. Because... Like he just doesn't like when I talk. No, I'm trying to. Off. I'm trying. It's crazy. We're gonna get. Hold on. I want to. I do want to uh, get him. I, I want to get to Sausage Party. But yeah. I, I know. I know. Cool. I like giving Jeremy art. I know. I know. But work I want to work with me here. We're doing I, a bit. I, no, I, I get it. I want. I want to get a nice clickbait headline out of this. That, that Cole Radrick buries PWI for taking away his cat dad title and just vacating it. So, I, I don't understand. So I I posted a photo of my cat and I said, "Official PWI, how am I supposed to explain this to my child?" No answer. Then you, yesterday, you contacted them, you've contacted them and they've they given you silence. Yesterday, I respond to a respected member of the PWI, one of the editors. I responded to him on Twitter, and I said, "Oh, I'm a the former cat dad of the year with a photo of my cat." No, no response. response, just a like. We're gonna. Uh, oh, I, oh, that's even worse. That that means they saw it. They have, the, just the audacity have, to like it, I have, but not respond. They like I have a cat that I have to explain how I don't put my own little paper award up on a shelf right next to her cat bed. I have to explain that to her, not you. All right. We're, we're going to launch a full-on investigation. I'm going to have a full-on meltdown. <laughs> you know I'm dumb enough to write an article. I wrote the SpongeBob thing that I'm still got to bully you into into running. And I, I'm dumb enough to write an article about any of this stuff. You want to run a sausage party wrestling event? That, that might get you canceled, actually. Not if Matt Brannigan's the winner of every match. <laughs> no, because I would be scared what Matt Brannigan would do. One could actually he, argue that any wrestling event is a soft w- party. If you try. I will say, me and Matt Brannigan were attached at the hip at the Ring of Honor taping. And I've gotten to know that man in more ways than I would like to. And I would also like to 
seek a uh, restraining order. Thank you. <laughs> Did he tell you about his epic Oreo eating contest against me? Uh, yeah, he destroyed you. What? Okay, well, that's false. What was the official count? It's an accurate <laughs> statement. Uh, I think he had 21 and I had 17. I think that was the, the final tally. Will you participate next year when we do we, this? Can we get yeah, you in on this? A, yeah, let's do French fries. French fries? Oh, that's oh. already down. I'm in. One by one? Let's do it. Yeah, that's that's gonna be like tough to keep track. One by one marathon. How many can? How many boxes? You can't do a handful. You have to go one by one. Oh, one like, by one. Like, like, what kind of fries are we talking here? McDonald's. Like, okay, McDonald's fries. That those. Or are we like can. Thick. I can settle for Wendy's. Wendy's are a little bit thicker. McDonald's are really thin. I if like all of you had of steak and shake, we could really put some damage in. There's a steak and shake sort of near where I'm at. Yeah, but by the time you get the fries. Also, whoever said Reggie Miller was is Midge. (laughs) (laughs) That dude held on. The guy in the the chat who said that, kind of a legend. Very funny. I love him. Uh, He's been been cracking me up. (laughs) I'm just responding. I'm not actually shitting on you. (laughs) For instance, have you ever wrestled in a place worse than Crown Point, Indiana? (laughs) Black Rebel Pro is uh, this Saturday. It's going to be a great event. Should check it out. If you've ever wrestled in Ohio, that's got to be worse than you've had. You've Freetown, Indiana. Okay, there you go. <laughs> All right, give us our review of Sausage Party and then go away. Oh, here you don't want to hear Freetown, Indiana, Joel. Sorry, you know, whatever. <laughs> here I am, a Canadian, just trying to understand all of the nooks and crannies of Middle America, and I just I can never get that information. I have. He sets me up for something good, for some good content. Freetown, Indiana. What is what is so great about it, or not great? Again, he cuts me off, and then he takes VX, aims for my kneecap, and puts it dead center. This is this is what I deal with every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Don't worry, don't worry, Jeremy. It's just a flesh wound. I can be able to continue. Freetown, Indiana. My very first show outside of the place I trained at. Ever. So excited. Drive there. It's a two and a half hour drive. And it's me and the guy I'm wrestling in this car. Same level experience. Our first match outside of our own company. And sixth match ever. We get to the we get to the town. And it's a town of a hundred and seven. And it's just grass, Jeremy. Just farm everywhere, not a building in sight. And as we're driving down this dirt road, we see a barn. And there's no fucking way we're wrestling in this barn, right, Jeremy? No, our GPS is going to say, keep going five more miles. (laughs) And as we come up to this barn, it tells us to take a left. Come up to this barn, tells us to take a right. And we're wrestling at a barn. That for some odd reason has a like basketball court court inside of it. So it's kind of like an indoor basketball court. This sounds exactly like Indiana. And we're now wrestling in Freetown, Indiana. You know what the locker room was? I it, was the closet. it was the closet <laughs> that they used to put the chairs in when they ran church there. 
So we push it out. We the church it. to barn renovation is like a very common thing. I feel very common. It's awesome. Yeah. I love it, Indiana. I love it. It's my favorite state. Um. So all that happens, I'm thinking, wow, I'm not having a great time. But you know what? We're out here. Uh, six fans show up. How was the match? One fan for for every match you've ever had. Yeah, literally. Uh, my match was okay. Uh, there was a match later on in the night that was a six-match scramble that involved uh, a guy doing a front flip off the back of a basketball board in front of uh, six fans. There were uh, there were more people in the match that paid tickets. How many? Did, did, did how many he get a "This is awesome" chant? Huh? Or how did many? He get people... a "This is awesome" chant? Go ahead. No. The, how many people live in this city again? One hundred and seven. So, so, so 17.8% of the population came to see you wrestle. That's pretty good. Certified draw. That's pretty good. That's Certified pretty draw. Good. Sausage party. Scarred me the first time I ever seen it. Left me in a, in a daze and state of confusion. Um, I ended up pulling out. Uh, I almost said pulling out. Ended up stopping watching the movie. I ended up stop watching the movie because, uh, you know, I had to continue my, my Madden franchise player for his third straight Super Bowl. So, Are you a quarterback? Come on. Got to sing, bro. Yeah, everybody goes quarterback. It's cliche. Oh, here we go. <laughs> All right. Go on with your T Swift and your Katy Perry and your Jonas Brother puzzles. I'm <laughs> out of here. Cool. Bye, Cole. Thank, Thank you, you, buddy. Do you want to promote you. something before we get out of here, pal? Uh, That's a no. Content. Damn shame. <laughs> at the end of the year. Will you be at South Bend for Pat McAfee show on Friday? Yes. Fans, oh. you can go see Cole Radrick at the Pat McAfee show. South Bend, Indiana, this Friday. Pat McAfee, notice me. Love you, brother. There you go. And of course, go go see Cole Black Label Pro and everywhere else he wrestles. He's always fun. Cole Radrick, thank you so much for joining us. The Ratty Daddy himself. Appreciate you, pal. Thank you, pal. Love you. Love you, too. Oh, great. Cole (laughs) Radrick. Only we can have the stupidest, best interviews in, in this entire wrestling world i love that cole comes on and one i just love that he comes on at all uh i always appreciate cole he comes on and i know like it's gonna be very little wrestling because we just we didn't even get to ufc which we could have talked about uh i don't even tell cole it's only 20 minutes because i know that like it's gonna go over that anyway at this point cole's a pal of the show uh you know not not to say anybody else we, we appreciate every guest who comes on some guests are we're just here to talk wrestling and go on cole is a legitimate friend of the show and so he's can come on just bullshit banter for however long he needs to didn't even talk about when uh, <laughs> i should have told this story when he was on air so when i went to gcw um a few months ago uh the the cease twins were there emily and Allie were there and, and i hung out with them for a little bit and hung out with Cole after the show and we go up and I'm like, Cole, we had a picture. 
And Cole's like, okay, who am I taking the picture with? And we're like, no, we want you to take the picture of us hanging out together. And he's like, it gives me this look. And he just puts me in like a headlock. And he's just like, what the fuck, dude? I was like, yeah, I need a picture with my fellow Swifties here. I already got a picture with you. I already took a picture with him. I didn't need another one. So I had him take a picture. So the picture that is, I'm sure it's somewhere on my Twitter, uh, of me, Emily, and Ali Cease, that was taken by Cole Ratchet. I need I, I need Cole to come back to Toronto or at least someplace where I'm at because I didn't get to I didn't get to like talk to him at the GCW show in Toronto because it was such like a cluster of stuff in that venue. Like it was hard to to just A, if I wanted to professionally talk to talent, that was a whole other can of worms. But then like just you know, trying to, to find my, I didn't have the same relationship that we have with them now. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to our next in-person encounter because he's, he's, he's a fun cat. He's a good dude. You like Cole because uh, he buries me. Usually yes. I get people to bury you and fight you. You like Cole because he is mean to me. That is a large part of why I like Cole. Yes. I just sent him a message that said, thank you, love you, buddy. And he replied, bully. (laughs) (laughs) This is the kind of content that we provide here on Fightful Overbooked. Uh, Cole's the best. We appreciate him. I was so so happy to, one, see him that he was going to be doing the match on ROH with Brannigan as well. Brannigan, another pal of the show. Anybody that does Oreo eating contests with me powered the show um so i was very happy to see them that they got that booking and then to see what what actually transpired and the match was uh very fun for for someone who's kept up and, and been kind of sort of friends with them for for a little bit so yeah that was, was good go go back and watch roh from from last week and it's a two minute match go go watch the match everybody yeah exactly go watch the match it's 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 available somewhere i'm sure if it's Probably on someone's Wait. Twitter account for free. Probably. I I, th- I know like the clips and stuff are. All right, Joel, oh, what, what else are we talking about? I mean, we still got to talk about Everybody Hates Jay on Raw, and then we got to preview Grand Slam because there's certainly the opportunity to maybe have some uh, surprises at Grand Slam this year. Where do we want to start? Because eventually we'll make a transition over from our WWE talk because we were talking about Randy Orton, but I think we've kind of you know gotten pretty far in that, but we don't know anything until something happens with his return uh where do you want to go we can start with uh start with jay uso tar- start with that story and then move on to grand slam yes that's that's fine all right everybody hates jay uso your thoughts <laughs> no uh, no is that okay well cody likes jay uso stop it i'm doing the oc i know the worst part is that while you're doing it it was also making sounds that made it sound like you were either having a really wet fart or something else <laughs> It was an Uzi. <laughs> God, you're saying the Everybody Hates Chris sequel. It's true. That's why I called it Everybody Hates Jay. Um, this was a really interesting episode of Raw. It's it's like three hours, which is always you know a little bit difficult if you're watching all three hours and the commercials and so on and so forth. But there was some good storytelling in here, and I really did appreciate that Jay Uso has become this like main thread without overtaking the show and that the story of Jay Uso on raw has taken over the KO Sammy and uh, Cody Rhodes story. It's taken over the Drew McIntyre story. 
uh, especially as Riddle is just not there right now. So it's good that Drew is still heavily focused on with this, uh, with the match that he had with Jay. And of course, it's taken over the Judgment Day story. And the Judgment Day, are, of course, starting to cross over onto SmackDown and interact with the Bloodline. So everything kind of starts to intermingle. And Jay is in the middle. Jimmy is slowly integrating himself into the story as well. There's a lot of really good just intertwining. And then we add in what happened on Raw, where at the end of the match, you know, Jay made his decision. And then Drew doesn't get involved to save him. And instead, Cody does the hello Eggman and walks his way to the ring. It's oatmeal, you jerk. Well, why are we breaking from tradition here? Is there eggs in the oatmeal? No, there's not. Um, You know what? I'm going to I'm going to drop the 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 short summary of what my select story likely will be today. Okay. For free? In, right in, in, in no, the in the private chat. You was about to like, I thought you were about to type out the entire select post for people. <laughs> Absolutely not. That's not, happening. <laughs> That's not happening. Uh, you all can blame wrestle ops and, and the likes for that because we got to make our money. Fair. Uh, <laughs> Sean Cole Radrick was burying you about 20 minutes ago. He was. You're a little late. Yeah. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. Man, one day he'll get a reaction like I got at GCW. <laughs> the GCW reaction was, was, was good. The, it was very the good. Yeah. Black it's almost, Pro one. <laughs> it's almost like I was at a convention show that had never seen Black Label Pro. <laughs> and they were five hours deep into a travel day already. Uh, of wrestling, by the way, there's there's my uh, news. I'm going to drop on Fightful Select today, probably. Some good that's news. Big news. So that's some big important news. I like that. Yeah. I saw you teasing the contract stuff on uh, on on Twitter. You know, you're not allowed to talk about contracts until like the day before they're. It's up. so weird, right? Like, yeah. I because I, I mean, I could have sworn that until a couple of weeks ago, people were still like, Joe Burrow, is he going to hold out? And I was like. <laughs> He's signed for 34 more regular season games. Like he's not his deal isn't up until 2025. Meanwhile, earlier this year I broke that Becky Lynch her deal was up next year and people were like, "Well, that's not news." And I was like, "Did you know about it before?" Then it's news. It's literally the first three letters of the word and here we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, here man. we go. Hope you guys are doing. Sean, good. look at my shirt. Look at this custom shirt that I got. That is a honestly a phenomenal shirt. That's the the uh, the great uh, wrestling news writer from Post Wrestling sent this to me for my birthday. Did he? Yeah, that was really nice of Wei Ting to do that. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of one custom shirt from from the goat sending me this. He is wonderful. I wish he'd come back here. Same. Like I have no shame at this point. I just publicly recruit Andrew Thompson from another website. Now I, I can't say his name. That's just the it's, Sean just spoiled it. Look at Sean giving that away for free. What? Sorry. Uh, I want we, Andrew we Thompson to work for us. No, no, I ain't gonna <laughs> dance around it. I want Andrew to work for us, uh, even though we are quite literally on a freeze and have been for a while. Listen, got to make it happen. Got to. Ma- I would love for it to happen. Uh, I, I agree. There we go. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. I'm not taking a picture. Bye. Bye, Sean. 
<laughs> is it because we started talking about money? Yep. It's <laughs> uh, a way to get him to go away. To do it. When I tell him I'm not taking a pay cut, he's like, oh, well, he's probably going to ask for a raise. Better get out of here. Well, at least he dropped us a scoop while he's on it. So there's that. He did. He did. Yeah, everyone, uh, subscribe to, to Fightful Select. Best $5 in the business. And uh, I, I guess that's coming today. He said it was coming today. So yeah. there you go. I'll put it like this. It will get people talking and it yes. will get people, uh, it, it'll get, it'll get people feeling a certain way. So uh, definitely. And I'm not like, I'm not going to over, you know, I'm not going to oversell it. I just think it's worth the, it'll be worth the conversation that it has. So let's, uh, let's pivot back to, to Jay Uso. Are you saying it's game changing Joel, <laughs> that it's major league? It is the, <laughs> it is the, uh, it's the biggest news We've had a lot of news here, but we haven't had this kind of news. This is the biggest news that we've ever had. We're very excited about our news, and we think that every time we drop a news story, it is the most important news uh, that we've ever had. And by the way, don't forget to tune into AEW Dynamite tonight on DBS. You can still get tickets for Grand Slam. They're available two for one on Ticketmaster.com. You went full Tony Khan, which I respect. I appreciate that. I was trying to do like oh no, I know what you were doing. Independent companies. Yes. I know, I know what you were doing. Tease a bunch of different stuff. That <laughs> if I wanted Major League, I'd call up Court Power to come back on the show. Okay, we're not going to put a black label on this news, everybody. <laughs> oh God! If you want the best news, it's plus, but you don't have to fight for it. Yeah, that was, that was eh, four out of ten. I'm just tired. All right, Jay Uso. Jay Uso's back. Jay Uso's here. Stop it! Stop! Stop doing that, stop. dude. It, it's awesome. Yeah, it gets people doing it. It's just you have to stop doing that from that angle. Why? Top down, it feels okay. From the, the, the that, that spot, nope, nope. Don't give me that look. From the way you do, I it, like a good top down, Joel. I can't do this. I can't. I can't with you. This is awful. The worst part is that his camera froze right in that facial expression. Someone get a screen cap because he's just done. He said something stupid and he's stuck like that. <laughs> Let's see if I can. Can I do it too? There, I think I got it. Someone, so, oh my god, the news will keep you on the edge. This is actually there. He's back. Kind of. You're, okay, you're back. <laughs> am I? Am I good? Did you see all of uh, what I just did while you were frozen? No, I couldn't Perfect. see it. <laughs> now he's gone. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no. We're back. See any of that, Joel. I ain't editing any of this out. Video. If I watch. Yeah, if you're listening on audio, you got to go back to the hour 35 minute mark. Hold on. I'm going to watch this live. I'm very curious okay. now. <laughs> it was just the timing was perfect. All right, uh, here we go. All right. Let's let's see what Joel Pearl did while I was frozen. Oh, I was just laughing, but I I had a good laugh about it. Very scared of this. Oh man. Ah. <sighs> You were, yeah, I'm frozen. My face is tremendous. You were just 
I didn't notice you were frozen until I like looked back up and saw the frozenness. And I just like, I got to make the face. Someone's got a screen cap. I broke you, Joel. A little bit. Just the timing was right. But you got to stop doing that thing with the Usos. In the top down. You're... Oh, you tried to make the same face. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It worked out pretty well. I got I, yeah. I that okay. And there then we you, go. All right. anyway. <sighs> so what are we talking about? Talking about the Usos, talking about Drew McIntyre and the potential of this, like, starting to show some hints of a potential turn. He was definitely conflicted. Cody Rhodes comes out. He does the uh, the, the, the SpongeBob walk on his way to save his pal Jay. And, of course, again, the idea that, like, Jey Uso is all over. His fingerprints are all over every story, every major story on Raw, without being immersed completely in every segment. And I like that. Uh, what do you think of, of Raw and the Everybody Hates Jay story as a whole as it persists? I, I like the story. I've liked it for since really Jay's been on Raw. It's nice that there is some continuity on this. Like Drew McIntyre shouldn't just be like, hey, sure, Jay's here. Cool, great. Not only is there continuity, but they're actually, they are like tying it together. It could easily just be ignored, right? Jay could just be there off in his own separate universe, like nothing happened and not interacting with Drew, not interacting with Sammy, Kevin, or any of this stuff. But no, like these people did not forget what happened. I like that Judgment Day is trying to like recruit him and being like, hey, you know, come hang out with us. Uh, Damian Priest, who sounds like Vin Diesel. I love his promo of, you know, this is family. Big, fast vibes from me. Yeah, that, that the blood, blood? No, I ain't worried about that. This is real family right here. I thought that was great. Again, big, fast vibes uh, with, with Damian Priest just trying to recruit Jay into the family i think it's good i i I like that raw has this theme going and this hook going i understand that you know ratings are what they are just because of friggin uh monday night football but i think if you're tuning into raw you're you're getting something to kind of sink your teeth into a little bit and then compared to what's happening on smackdown with the bloodline where they're spinning their wheels with stuff monday night footballs yeah both those games sucked yeah, and and that's it's it's very interesting that two weeks in a row now with Monday Night Football, it's been like the games suck, but something major happened, and unfortunately, they're both injury related, and they took away from the games. Uh, so that it, it, they take away from the game, but they keep the viewership is what I'm getting at. So stuff like that, it's it's very strange to me that that you know that that's happened now two weeks in a row. People love football, man. I get that people love football. I also get that you know if a if a game is just not good if the game was just not good and the injuries didn't happen do you think that people would have still watched the games yes the end yeah because people love football okay listen i'm not i'm not gonna not gonna question that because i went to a cfl game i understand they're different but i just football and me are not they're not friends i just i made it to the third quarter and i was like i tap out i'm out doesn't do even even if like the games aren't good but they're competitive people will watch it because when rogers got hurt last week i thought people would just tune out i'm like oh well who cared this game has lost a lot of its marquee value because the top quarterback the the people every or the person that everyone wanted to see is now injured four plays into the game 
but the game remained competitive. So people kept watching. If the Bills just ended up just blowing them out 30 to nothing, yeah, people would have tuned out. But the fact that it remained competitive, even though last week's game wasn't terrible, this past weekend's or these past two games sucked. Like I watched what I could of the Panthers game, and it was just boring, boring football. Um, The Browns and Steelers was like kind of hilarity in in how bad it was. Um, But if the games are competitive, people will watch. It's when they're not competitive that they they will just all right okay done with it it can be bad but a bad competitive football game is going to draw more than a lot of things on television yeah i can get behind that i just found a hole in my in my jody thread shirt and that really made me sad anyway i know it's very upsetting anyway uh yeah so going back to the jay uso stuff um yeah ratings aside it does it does kind of suck that people aren't necessarily watching live but i'm hoping that they're catching up in other ways, because uh, it, it's a really good story that seems to have legs. And again, it crosses over to SmackDown as well, because you've got Jimmy Uso trying to infiltrate the bloodline again, while the Judgment Day seem to be trying to recruit Jimmy Uso at the same time. Uh, that's a totally different can of worms, but in the same doghouse of the story, what do you, you know, what what's more appealing to you? Is, like Jimmy making friends with the bloodline, or is Jay you know, actively trying to make everyone a believer. Like what's, uh, they're two different stories, but who's, who's really shining here. Oh, Jay. Again, the Jimmy stuff is, I feel just spinning their wheels with, with everything. It, it feel like, okay, he now got to prove himself to the bloodline. Did he not do that when he cost Jay the title? I understand he's like, Oh, well, I only did it because I don't want you to be a bitch and asshole like Roman is, but he's still proving himself. With, with all of this, the J stuff, just especially when Roman's not around because Roman is, he's the big dog, right? So when it's just Jimmy who let's be honest of, of Jimmy's place, he has not been put on that pedestal that Jay has main event. Jay Uso Jimmy has been throughout this entire story. The secondary player, the secondary Uso solo has had a nice role, but even, even he has been more of the background person compared to Roman and Jay. I think Heyman could do a little bit more on SmackDown because he's always been in the spotlight of this. Yeah, remorse betrayal. Instead, Jimmy needs Roman around to get further. He, he does. That's how it's kind of been presented. He's not been put up there to a level that Jay has throughout this entire story. So when Jay goes over to Raw, one, he's getting to interact with Cody, who obviously feels like a big deal. There's the Sammy and Kevin stuff, which was the biggest thing. Like that revitalized the bloodline late last year. So there's they can continue to tell those stories. Jimmy kind of needs Roman around to feel a little bit more elevated. Now, with Cena, with AJ... I'm willing to give that a shot because Cena is obviously a big star. AJ has the cachet throughout the, throughout the years. So maybe they can do a little bit more with it moving forward. I do think this past Friday on SmackDown was a better step than what we saw previously with Jay, where it really felt like they were spinning their wheels. Yeah. I kind of get what you're saying and and you're right. It does feels like it's spinning their wheels, but at the same time there was a, yeah, there were, there was some movement this week. Uh, on SmackDown, but of course the Rock had to come back, so that's uh, <laughs> that's where was Jimmy during that? They should have done a Jimmy, but then you're going to tease the fans of oh, that's, what's happening, and yeah, they didn't want to do problem. that. And then that's where I, that's where I think they did a good job of not 
talking about bloodline or anything like that. If you really want to turn it back on its head, if they decide that the rock is going to be a part of, you know, WrestleMania season, then yeah, Roman comes back and he's like, I saw that the rock was here and he didn't acknowledge me or any of my family. And then you can start there, but instead I just ignored it. I think, no, I think you got to do that regardless when Roman really back. Oh yeah. Even if you're not going to be able to deliver on it, I think you got to do it just to one boost Roman a little bit, because I think it's stupid of Roman to not mention and Roman's smarter than that. The character, the television character, Roman and the, the person, Roman Reigns is smarter than that to just be like, oh, Rock was here. Let me just not mention this at all. I think you mention it because then you're putting the heat on the Rock as well. Roman ain't losing anything from this. You put the heat on the Rock of like, he was here. He didn't acknowledge me just like he hasn't done for years. And then you're putting the heat on the Rock of like, hey, Dwayne, show up. The problem is, though, you're then setting an expectation with fans who tend to, as we talk about, you know, overplay and 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 book themselves into believing that it's going to happen and that it's a let Rock, don't. Rock set that own damn expectation when he said that he was open to doing the match. But so he did that, but he lean did into it. Yeah, but he did that on, on McAfee's show and they didn't really talk about that on... Which I'm gets more viewers canon. than SmackDown. I understand that, but I'm talking in canon in the, in the, the, the WWE universe, quote-unquote, where things are completely out... Uh, they're, they're its own world. You, he didn't say that there. Therefore, it doesn't exist. It's not canon. And therefore, you bring it up. That's when it becomes part of a story. Other than that, if you bring it up, people are going to start freaking out more so than Rock singing on McAfee's show. Joel, who who is going to start freaking out? Oh, fans will. But they'll, they'll fantasy book their okay. way through it. But then if it doesn't right. happen, which it probably wouldn't, they would get upset. Okay, which fans? The the ones the hardcores the ones yeah. who the ones who the ones who do this not us because we we set expectations mm. but like the people who who you know the we know those voices the yeah. the, the 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 minority as they call them the, the loud minority the same fans that listened to the Rock on Pat McAfee's show when he said well, I was locked for thirty nine and I'm open to 40 those fans are gonna okay, freak fine. out and also fans who just go to the shows they hear it they'll think about it if they only consume wwe content from a wwe source then let's say those fans as well fans they're gonna think about them. it and they're gonna be like where's the rock why yeah he's being and a the bitch rock doesn't show and not up. showing up good that's what the that's what roman should be doing as the heel he but should in, be putting that heat on the rock but in storytelling 101 just like in a wrestling match you introduce the table, you have to use the table. You can't introduce the rock in, in, in this capacity and not deliver on the rock. He's you not can't. introducing the but rock. He is commenting. He but, is commenting on something that happened on television. The rock showed up, did not acknowledge him. Roman is commenting on that, as he should, because he's, he's not adding, a dummy. But he's adding a plot point or beginning a plot point to a story that might not exist. And so instead, you, that, you just want him to come out there and act like The Rock never showed up? Yeah, because he was on vacation, and we know that Roman doesn't watch the damn product. No, he's got to he's gotta mention him, because the heat's not on him. I agree The heat's with not that. on him he to the hardcores. The, fans. You're, the Rock's already teasing the fans by saying this shit. The fans that care, the fans that pay attention, he's already teasing them. 
Roman is simply acknowledging that The Rock did not acknowledge him, which he should do. If, WWE, if you want to create your own expectation off of that, that's your fault. If WWE played the segment from Pat McAfee's show where he, where The Rock says that he was going to be at 39 or that he wants to be at 40, then it's fair game and we're part of the play and this is happening. If it's not happening directly on their program, then it's not part of the show. It's just, then it's not part of a storyline. It's not building out. The stuff that happens outside of it very, very, very rarely gets used in the actual storylines on TV. You bring out Roman and he says, oh, Rock was here. He didn't acknowledge me. Well, guess what? Now you're creating friction. But if that friction doesn't have a payoff of a storyline, then you're not making a good choice because you need to pay off the friction and therefore build the storyline. Just saying, you know, oh, he didn't acknowledge me. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. People can see it offline. It's just like Montez Ford and Bianca showing up at an award show. They're not then actively teaming together or on camera together doing stuff with Bobby Lashley. You know, we're not there. That's not happening. Therefore, it doesn't exist in WWE world. We know the reality, but the WWE land is different. The Rock showed up when Roman wasn't there. Roman as the tribal chief, as the head of the table, as the the talk of The Rock is always in the background somewhere, has got to mention this. If they can't deliver on it, then are fans going to be disappointed? Yeah, the fans who are already going to be disappointed because of what Rock said, or the fans who are already going to be disappointed because they look at the lightning bolt on the Royal Rumble poster and it's like, is that a sign of the rock? The electricity is this, this was a real fucking thing. I do you remember this. This, this was 2021. I think no, this was this year. This, was this, past this, year? this year. Where were they for 2022? This was, was this the, year, 2023. Oh, where were they for 2023? Remember? Look at, I'm going to pull up the Royal rumble 2023 poster. No, no, I know what you're talking about. It was at the Alamo dome. It was in Texas. Okay. Yeah. yeah I the remember lightning bolt. Yeah, People were like the lightning bolt, the electricity. They're going to do their own shit. With this, Roman, as the tribal chief, as the head of the table, the character, Roman Reigns, where people know about the bloodline. They know The Rock is part of the bloodline and part of the origin and part of all of this. If Roman Reigns does not acknowledge that The Rock was there and that he was not acknowledged, I think that's a failure on Roman Reigns' part. He's got to, even if it is just, you can even have Heyman say something. Just just Heyman, it can be a throwaway thing, but it's got to be touched on just to to show that, yeah, The Rock was there because it ain't on them. It ain't on Roman and Heyman. They're the ones showing up sometimes. They're the ones showing up for this. And they they got to at least mention it. You got to call The Rock up bitch basically on television and get that extra heat on you by calling him a bitch because the only people that are going to be mad the only people that are going to be mad joel are the people who are going to be mad anyway those are the only people that are going to be mad the casual fans who show up to the arena and watch the show they're not gonna be mad if rock shows up they're gonna be mad at roman the wrestling character which is fine let them be mad. That's the point of this. Let them be mad at the wrestling character, Roman Reigns, for mentioning The Rock in this light and chanting for The Rock 
because their wrestling fans are going to go to the show. They want people who are going to be actually mad of like, whoa, why'd they do this? Why is the rock? Where's the rock? Are the fans that are going to see a rock in the driveway when they maybe go outside and touch grass and be like, why isn't Dwayne here? Those are the fans that are going to be mad. I see your point, but I, I just, I stand by mine that if you're dealing with storytelling one-on-one in WWE, it is you introduce it when you have a plan to use it. And if you don't have a plan to use it, then you're kind of honey dicking the fans by not, by not playing it off. But like, I see what you're saying and I don't disagree with you in the idea that like you will, you will probably service the fans a little bit better by at least having some sort of canon and having some sort of reaction to something you missed during your summer vacation. But I don't see the reason to keep to, to to do something like that in the WWE scope of things. When you do it once, I'm not saying this has got to be unless you actually you can get him. Right, then you do it every week if you got yeah, yeah. the rock going. Yeah, um, yeah, you do it once and that's it, and then you just you move on from it. I understand you you don't want to introduce it because that was the Vinceism, right? You introduce it and then you feel like you got to deliver. Like they never fucking did that anyway of, of mentioning things and then not delivering on it. Like they, they do that all the time anyway. Two, I also think we live in a new age of storytelling where you can do this and it doesn't raise the expectation of every single fan. It raises the expectation of the fans who already have their expectations raised and the rock has already done that and that's my other point by the way this is not a a cm punk elite situation where cm punk's out there trying to shoot himself into a work with all of these comments because the nobody else from the other side was saying anything on this the rock had the rock not said had he not done any pat mcafee appearance or anything like that had he just showed up randomly on SmackDown and done this, I'd probably be a little bit more, okay, maybe, maybe don't, maybe don't try to create that expectation. Rock's already done this to the fans that are going to have the expectations anyway, by making those comments on McAfee's show. I agree with everything you say. And then I remembered that Vince McMahon is back in the fold. So storytelling does not change. I mean, I agree, but we are in a new world of storytelling. We should be in a lot of ways we are. And that's some of the things that I enjoy about other wrestling companies and other wrestling programs is that they will use outside sources to tell their stories. And that's okay. Again, there's no right way to tell a wrestling story. There's no right way to tell a story in TV. Um, just make sure you pay everyone appropriately. So <laughs> just, we'll move along from that. Let's, uh, let's talk grand slam. It's already, we're already over time. So uh, I mean, we're going to talk in depth about grand slam on uh, Friday, I'm sure. And I know that you and Steven Jensen will talk about it on the, uh, on the spotlight this coming Thursday on the main channel, but uh, just standout matches, things that you're really looking forward to. Are we going to see a big surprise? And what's the big surprise, Jeremy? Who's, who's showing up? I mean, the, so what are the teases edge, right? That's the Jericho had some words. He was asked about edge and he said, he'd like to see edge show up and reinvent himself. So that's one tease. Um, I've seen Mandy Rose be, thrown around i don't know if you've seen that one no um, but i'm not surprised but again soraya it's one year past her her debut at last year's grand slam yeah so those are the two names that i've seen the most is edge and mandy rose Is there anybody else that 
maybe could possibly appear that you've kind of heard bantied about, Joel? You've got, you've got the Mercedes Monet conversation again. Yeah. And, you know, Tony had said that she's not going to be clear, but also Wrestle Dream's coming up and she's still technically uh, having dates, maybe not dates with New Japan Pro Wrestling, but regardless, she's not officially signed anywhere. Would she want to be signed to All Elite Wrestling if the opportunity came up? What would that look like? That's another one that comes up. Uh, who's going to be next for John Moxley? Do you bring someone in big for that, for the international championship? Uh, who faces Orange Hook? Honestly, it's probably just going to be 2.0. But, it uh, is. It's, it's, it's 2.0. They, they, the they did announce it. Okay, I know they made the challenge. I don't know if they made Well, it. it's, it's, a, it's a mixed trios. You got Anna and Stat. Well. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, okay. Rampage was kind of a blur this week. Well, uh, that wasn't on Rampage. That was on a digital exclusive gimmick anyway. So. Oh, I think it's set up on Rampage. Oh, did, was, did that segment air on Rampage? I, I think the 2.0 thing started. It, it, they did it on Rampage, and then Orange Hook were like, let's team up on Colli- like at Collision, and then I guess there was something else. I don't know. It's It's all... The days are weird, Jeremy. Days are weird. But if it's a trio... Regardless, I wrote the article that the challenge was yeah. 2.0 and Anna against Orange Hook and Stat. Anna, Anna, Anna. Uh, and then you've got the Ring of Honor six-man tag team championship match. Well, that's Rampage. That is Rampage. But it's yeah. still part of Grand Slam. Sure. Uh, we'll talk more about that on, on Friday. But yeah, that, those are the, the big names being made about Edge and then... Uh, Mandy Rose, that was that's kind of a new one to me, and and of course, okay. his money is always there. Um, may, would Mandy Rose fit? Would she make sense? Is there room for that character? Is that a good is that a good trade off for someone like Jade Cargill, who's you know potentially on her way to WWE? Is, does it work for you? I I think Mandy, especially by the time her NXT run was over, had grown as a, as a character, as a performer, as a wrestler. Um, became you know very good in nxt how she fits in AEW, i don't know i i think it'll work um uh they she shut down her fan time site by the way uh bonkers lfc and that's kind of why people are maybe talking about mandy rose and some and she mentioned that she might be a free agent soon so i think that's why mandy rose's name has kind of been mentioned it's tough what what's up joel what's that face for well, first of all, they, does AEW allow? Yeah, they, they still allow people to, to make money outside of uh, of the wrestling. But also, if if Mandy did shut down her fan time, I didn't know that by the way. Then to oh, me, Jeff Feller Driver said she just moved to OnlyFans. Oh, she moves only. Okay, fine. So yeah. she moved to OnlyFans. Then my point's moved. I was going to say, you know, the talk of her coming back to any wrestling entity. If I'm Mandy Rose, I'm going back to WWE because of the endeavor Jade Cargill wanting to act, that whole conversation that you and I already had, because the opportunities to do non-wrestling stuff is much bigger at a place like Endeavor right now. So uh, that, that was kind of the point. But if it's OnlyFans, then sure. It's weird seeing or it's weird thinking of how Mandy fits in AEW. Uh, I think it'll work. Mandy's a big enough star. It certainly has the presence, but then it just goes back to the women's division booking conversation all over again anyway. And do you want to just keep introducing more talent in that, especially if it's going to be full, uh, you know, full-time talent, which I assume Mandy will be Mercedes. I, I keep saying it doesn't feel like she's going to be a full-time person. And maybe that's why it does make sense that she shows up. She shows up, she faces Soraya, Tony, whoever wins, con- confronts them, and then they do the match um, 
at, at Wrestle Dream. And then, you know, is Mercedes losing her first match back or does she win the title? Is it a tag match? What does that look like? I still think Mercedes has unfinished business in like stardom and New Japan. And so she's going to mainly spend her time there. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with that. Um, it's, I don't know, the, the Mandy Rose thing just has me thinking. But also, I don't know, I don't think that's the person I would bring in necessarily. Uh, but I could be wrong. And then, of course, the big, the big question, what main events tonight? Well, Edge, real quickly, do oh, you, sure. let, let's say Edge is, is there. How are you introducing him? John Moxley's first opponent for the international title. Uh, that's a good question. He, you have to, you don't want to bring him in on Rampage because no. they're the Christian Luchasaurus Darby Allen Sting matches, but also, Man, that would be that's the perfect fit. Just in terms of the talent, in terms of the people, like edged in there would just make the most sense. But uh you can have them okay. jump in at any point with, with those guys. Do you do a do you just do a segment then on on like dynamite with Luchasaurus, Darby, Nick, or not I mean Nick Shore, uh Sting, Christian, like they're it's some type of segment. And then Edge comes in, and then that also sets him up to be on Rampage, but you get the live pop. So one thing I said was that when they set up the match last week, they had a long, hard shot at Luchasaurus going off of that segment. And I was just like, I don't think he's making it to the match with the amount of just like facial expression. It was almost like, you know, enjoy Luchasaurus now, kids. He's not going to be in this match on Wednesday, but I could be wrong. Maybe I'm just reading into it. You can do a Christian and Edge Darby Allen and Sting as a huge rampage, you know, promotional tool. Because right now, your other matches are, you know, the Hung Bucks match is probably the the other big thing. The Acclaimed are very over, but not to the extent of, like, the... I think the Acclaimed are really good at the live crowd loving them and going to see them, but they're not the draw for the TV watcher. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll pop for the Acclaimed live, you'll enjoy the rap and the scissor and all that stuff, but I don't know if it's the reason you tune into a show. Whereas... You know, the Hung Bucks, again, the elite will always have those, those heart, those are hardcore fans, the ardent fans, they'll tune in for them. But if you give me Christian and Edge for the first time teaming up in AEW on Rampage, let's see M Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs from 2021. That was a Rampage match that got people to tune in for Rampage. So just something, you know, and of course the homicide, you know, debut and all that. Um, there is an opportunity to make this rampage bigger uh, and then just carry it over to the next episode of dynamite. I don't know if edge is going to go to, you know, grand rapids the next, you know, that Saturday and do something. If anything, I'd hold him off until the next episode of dynamite. Uh, but I don't know. It, edge seems like the, the right choice for the big debut, but I don't know if it has to be on dynamite. Maybe it's just big enough that you know MJF and Mimosa Joe are going to have a good match, and something will come out of it that leads to Wrestle Dream for MJF and possibly for Joe, and then of course Claudio and Eddie, and everyone's really invested in the potential of Eddie Kingston winning the Ring of Honor World Championship. But there's also a strong possibility that Claudio is about to take the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship and go to Japan for a spell and have some some good matches, maybe even worth the Las Vegas shows. You know when New Japan comes over next month. So I don't know. There's there's enough on the card that maybe you don't need a big debut. 
you can maybe work to a return. I don't know who could be coming back from injury right now, but uh, the opportunities are there. So before you did this thumbnail with Grand Slam Surprise on there, um, I didn't even think of any type of uh, return or surprise on this. I did. I, I didn't think of Edge. I didn't I didn't think of Mandy until I, I saw the, the thing came out. And then I, I really didn't think of Mer- Mercedes, honestly. But I know AEW has kind of set the expectation for that. And that's not their fault, mind you. Like, they're just, they're booking their shows as they come, right? But I, I understand they've kind of set the expectation for this. Um, I'm not, I'm not expecting it. I'm not expecting any type of, of surprise when it, when it comes to this, you know, at some point they're just not going to deliver on these big type of surprise uh, thing. And I think this just might be the time where it doesn't happen. And that's fair. I'm also going to point out tradition. (laughs) I know, but here's, here's where, again, this is where the expectation gets set. Who they have the first year. Who was the big surprise? Last year was Soraya. I guess technically you can say that, you know, homicide showing up during that rampage lights out match. That was a surprise. That was on rampage though. Like yeah, but, but it still existed. Yeah. But they didn't have like a big surprise during diet. Like that was just, they gave you Omega and Danielson. That felt, I mean, that, that, that was, was yeah. yeah, that was the big thing. Um, but yeah, there, there wasn't, you know, and, and you got CM Punk's first like television match again, rampage uh, thing there. Um, but they, they didn't give you like a, a big, big surprise on on that show unless rosario dawson i think she was she was part of that right last um, year no no 2021 no she, no no that 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 was the cody weird. faced malachi at grand slam in 2021 yes yeah was rosario not part of that match i don't think she was oh was that like before okay because i'm trying to think also i thought for a second that it was mjf or sorry that it was Rhodes and pillman jr but it was mjf versus pillman jr yeah. and that was a weird match anyway sorry i'm going i'm looking at the results from 2021 just being like was there anything special other than homicide yeah so i don't think there is a tradition of having a big surprise here i just think that they're it could just be matches. Like it could just be matches. And again, like last year, 2022, that was the big surprise with Soraya. Like we talked about and did when did Taya show up? That was later too. Yeah. That wasn't really a surprise. Oh, that was Winnipeg. That was, uh, that was the, uh, the Muda Canadian. was the Muda was the rampage. So they do more surprises on rampage. I just come into rampage. Here we go. Yeah. No, I did. I bring it up because yeah, in the last few years they have had, they, they've done something, they call this their biggest uh, biggest dynamite of the year and yada yada, but this is one spot. Honestly, the only other place that if Edge is going to AEW, the only other place I would do it is the Montreal shows because Canada. It's not Toronto, but it's Canada. It's the closest they're going to be to Toronto uh, for the rest of the year, if not the first quarter as well. That's the only other spot I would do it. And you're probably going to have a big sold out Montreal crowd for that. Or Edge would be in the main event of whatever show is in Montreal, you know, for that. So the, the possibilities are there, but we also don't know if that's going to happen. 
We won't. I'm play. I'm not expecting. I'm not raising my expectations for any type of surprise tonight. If something happens, cool. Hey, I'm not expecting any any type of surprise though. Uh, the biggest surprise would be Eddie Kingston winning because yes. I'm not expecting that either because Tony likes to fuck on me and doesn't want Eddie Kingston to ever be a champion. I don't think Eddie's winning now. I, I still stick with final battle being the moment. That's where I'm at. You got to do it in New York. It's final battle in New York. Final battle is going to be at New York and the Manhattan center. Like old. Yeah, I was about to say we're homicide. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's bring that back. So who knows? Who knows? Nah, I can't think of anywhere else they could run uh, again if they keep loading up Ring of Honor with like main champion or main you know AEW champions like the Hung Bucks uh, again potentially tonight. Then you could run it at like UBS. You could do UBS Arena because who's the tag champion right now? It's basically just going to be a, a, an AEW event at that point. You can't do it at UBS Arena. Why um, not? MJF nah, winning the tag titles against who? Who cares? But you're right against who? Yeah, right. you got to actually have like some type of, of big match there. Nah, they can't run UBS and get like a great crowd for an ROH show. I mean, Adam Center is cool. Cause you want to talk about tradition like that? Yeah. That at least pays some tribute to the old. Which Eddie should win tonight. I think that should open the show. Uh, I think that's the the best best opener choice, especially if Eddie is going to win or if Eddie's going to lose. Go ahead and tell the crowd you're getting fucked all night and get it out of the way early instead of making them stick around uh, throughout the show. And then MJF and Samoa Joe close, and I assume MJF wins. Could you imagine if they make you wait till the main event to have Eddie not win the main event? They better have something. They better have Edge for Rampage at that point. Yeah, that's when Edge shows up and he's like, I didn't sign with AEW. I signed with New Japan Pro Wrestling and I will be in Las Vegas at the end of October. Anyway, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a fun night. It's going to be a good uh, Grand Slam. Looking forward to it. And again, just go go and watch it and enjoy the wrestling, whatever that is. No, Let's get just, out of here. Okay, no, we no. got to complain about it on the internet. Yeah, okay. no. Don't just watch it and enjoy it. Wait until tomorrow and see what the rating is. And see if it cracks a million viewers. And if it doesn't, it's a failure, failure. of a show. Got a writer's strike, got an actor's strike. Everything should be 4.8 million in the wrestling world right now. Joel, we gotta do a Taylor Swift puzzle. No, it's, I- 20, it's 20 after 12. I'm done. Promise no. Promise the people. We'll do one puzzle. One puzzle, Joel. Okay, fine. You'll be okay. You'll Will survive. I? Will I? I don't know. Yeah. Everybody see my screen? Very Google. confused. I got yeah. very confused. I yeah. see your screen. All right. Taylor Swift. So apparently if you just put in Taylor Swift, so vault pops up in the corner here. You see this, Joel? Yep. Yeah. So you click it. Oh, look, you did it. You unlocked the 1989 Taylor's version vault. And now I am so excited to share the new vault track titles with you. They are... Is it over now? Okay. Now that we don't talk. These are the names of the tracks. Say, don't go. These are the vault titles on the track. Suburban Legends. Ooh. Can't wait for you to hear them. All right, here we go. We're going to do... All right. First stop. What is it, Joel? What's the answer? Seems pretty easy. Tokyo? Yeah, Tokyo. 
How do I do this? Oh, submit your answer. Okay, so I guess I type it here. Tokyo. There we go. Look at that. All right, one puzzle solved. Wow. 35 million puzzles, Joel. This is... This is next, next puzzle, I guess. Next puzzle. Let's see. What do we got here? The wife is very upset. Lucky. 13. I think it's 13. That, that makes sense. All right, let's, let's type in 13. Oh, look at that, Joel. You're doing good, buddy. This is very upsetting that I know this. All right, next one. Caption. R- write something? Write, write catch? No. Write catch? No, it's not that, but it's caption. Caption. I think the first word is write, or one of the words is write. Okay. Does the chat have any, uh, yeah, have any thoughts? I'm trimming this out of the audio, but you know. <laughs> Why can't it be catch? Uh, it could be catch. Catch, yeah. Thought. Thoughts there. Yeah. Act thought. Don't think that's it. No? I thought... I thought... I have no idea. Got got a thought? Got No, it can't be got no. a thought because we use okay. the G. We use the G in thought. We don't. We don't use the the C. No, no. But I'm saying if you use got a thought. Oh right, right, right. Gotcha. The G's already been used. Oh, it does. So it's got to be got a and then T H, because I'm pretty sure the different little puzzles give you what. It yeah, means. yeah, yeah. I get yeah. it. Okay, so so what's this word here? Oh man, this sucks. <laughs> got it. Come on, Joel. Let's get to five. We're going to do five puzzles. Five? Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, we're going to do... Well, figure these out, and we'll, we'll, go, we'll go much quicker. Got a haircut? Let's type that in. A haircut. Oh, it actually might be got a haircut. There you go. Good job, person okay. in the chat. All right. Oh, it's a song title. Two more. Luigi, no. Smashing. Pumpkins, no, sorry. Golf club. Golf club, yeah. All right, folks, last one. Last puzzle. Here we go, everybody. Oh, a game of cat and mouse. Uh, Evil. Evil. Love is evil. Spell it backwards. There we go. Love. Let's end on love, everyone. Look at that. We did Aww. it. The wife was doing these. Oh. She was so mad. Rightfully so. So, so mad at this. He said, when I tried to answer it, just went to Google page for New York. I don't understand this shit. <laughs> Baby, the answer was New York City. You probably just typed in New York. And so that is why you did not get the answer. Then she apparently tried it again. As we were doing this, she said, that's an easy one. I didn't get easy shit. 
This is fucking bullshit. Fuck all this. Oh, I got one. She's very happy that she finally got one. She said, I typed in New York City. Well, maybe the Googles just doesn't like you. Maybe. I'm sorry. I get it. I get it. All right, everybody. Hold on. Taylor Swift puzzles. Yeah. Everyone, Google Taylor Swift and start your puzzle adventures. Yes, go go do that. Let's get can we get this off the screen now? No, it's love. Okay. I just wanted to show everyone this. So Cole Radrick's wearing today. Look at him. Look at that beautiful Look man. At that. Look at that. Tommy Pickles t shirt too. That's dope. That does rule. Yeah. Anyway, good good for good for him. Having a good day. Jeremy, plug the stuff. Let's go home. Don't follow me on Twitter. Follow Cole Radrick on Twitter. I don't know his Twitter, but follow him regardless. Isn't it just Ratty Daddy? Nah, it's nah, uh, Cole Radrick. It's yeah. actual Radrick. Follow Cole Radrick on Twitter at Cole Radrick. Goes under Ratty Daddy. Anyway, we're back here on Friday. As we always are, we get in the weeds at 10 a.m. Eastern. We'll be talking about Grand Slam and everything that comes with it. And I'm sure there will be some news that we're going to talk about as well, because that's just what happens here on In the Weeds, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 10 a.m. Eastern. I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we will see you in the next one. Cheers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.